Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. We've got an amazing table full of champions this morning, starting with Coach Isaac, Joy Farley, and an amazing interview with Hala Taha, the host of the Young and Profiting podcast. So pull up a seat and let's join in on Breakfast with Champions. He had to go into the wilderness. He had to go into a place of privacy by himself to pray and plug into his source so he could be renewed, refreshed, restored, and come back and serve the people even better than he did before. But he didn't do it just once. He did it often. He did it over and over and over and over, right? So when I think about what I do, what do I do for recovery? Because I coach 100 players. This year it might be a little more. We might, we might be a little, a little over 100 because of the, the situation of our league. I coach other people. I don't, I don't really like to separate athletes from people, but they're all people. So I, I coach non-athletes as well. And I also do life coaching, right? So I have in total about almost 200 people that I'm interacting with and coaching on a weekly basis. I need recovery from that. Not because the people are stressful, but because I'm continuously pouring out continuously pouring out. Last week, I spoke about the water in your well, right? What kind of water is in there, bitter or fresh, right? Well, I want to continue to pour out fresh water onto these people. So I have to continue to recover, right? And I, and I recover myself. I recover on two bases, two bases. In certain conditioning, we would call this a microcycle and a macrocycle. So the microcycle is the daily things, a macro that's the yearly things. That's the big, that's the bigger picture, right? So in my macro or my micro, my daily recovery, that's my morning routine. You know, that's part of what this room is about. Glenn talks about the morning routine. So in my micro cycles, my daily things, what do I do? I spend the first two hours of my day praying, reading, and then I sit and I listen to God and I write down what he says. So from three to 5 a.m., that's what I'm doing every single day from 3 to 5 a.m. That's something I do on a daily basis. That's how I keep my cup full. That's how I keep my mind right, you know, and I'm not and I'm not telling you that I never get stressed. I'm not telling you I never get frustrated. I never get angry, but I will tell you I never get knocked off. I might get shaken. I might get pushed. I might get irritated, but I never get knocked off. I stay on my feet because I stay plugged into the source, right? And I don't just do that in the morning. I also do it a few times during the day. So that's what I do on a daily basis to recover mind, body, and soul. That's what I do on a daily basis. Now, what I do on a yearly basis is I spoke, I spoke about it the other day, but people, people, uh, people were talking about my picture here uh, on my profile, but that was one of those times. That was one of those times. Every year I take a trip. I take a trip by myself to just refresh myself, to have fun. And on that trip, my micro, my daily actions, they don't end. They don't end. So in this picture here, I went to Dominican by myself for seven days. And every day in the morning, I got up at 5 a.m., not 3, got up at 5 a.m. I went to work out prayed, read my Bible, went down to the beach, watched the sunrise. 
build myself up, right? And I do a trip like that once a year. This year, I went out to the middle of nowhere in Canada for four days, just me and my dog. And I can take her because she won't talk. She, she won't bother me. She won't get on my nerves, right? When I take these trips, I don't really want anyone talking to me unless it's a, a fun type of trip slash I want to be alone, right? So when I went to Dominican, I could withdraw at any time and just be away from people. I could go to my room. I could go up on the rooftop and just chill in, in the jacuzzi or whatever. It sounds nice when you don't have the agenda of anybody else, when you're trying to refresh and renew your mind. So I encourage you, if you can do it by yourself, I know not everybody wants to travel alone because it's uncomfortable sometimes for safety reasons, but if you can go ahead and do that. So when I went in, in, I'm in the middle of nowhere in Canada, it was glorious. It was glorious. And I went to this, I went to this resort. And the funny thing about it is that there was no one there. It was just me. Nobody was there. And I spent time alone reading praying, listening. And I'll tell you that was since I joined Clubhouse, that was the only four days that I missed being on Clubhouse. I've been on Clubhouse every day since December 26. But those four days I was not on Clubhouse. Didn't didn't really go on any social media. I was completely in solitude. But that's how I recovered myself, right? And then I came back stronger. So in, in strength and conditioning, we have this term is called supercompensation. Supercompensation. What is that? Supercompensation is when you have a certain load, right? A certain amount of intensity, a certain amount of stress, right? You can relate this to life. When you get that certain amount of stress, you can handle it for a time, but then your recovery has to be strategic. So when you add strategic recovery to strategic load, you come back stronger. I'll say it again. When you have a strategic load and you add strategic recovery, you come back stronger. That's super conversation. And when you come back, you're able to handle that previous stress, that previous load. You'll be able to handle it like it's a piece of cake. It's a piece of cake. You can handle 100 pounds first for a time. Then you got to take that recovery. And then when you come back from that recovery, you can handle 150 pounds, sometimes even more. And that's something I use with my athletes to get them stronger, to continuously get them stronger. It's super conversation. You can think right now in your life, some of the things that stressed you out for a time. And then God finally gave you a break. And when you came back, those same things that used to stress you out didn't really bother you quite as much. Why? Supercompensation. You supercompensated, right? Superman, when he's in his recovery, you know who he is? He's Clark Kent. You can't be Superman all the time unless you spend a little time being Clark Kent. You can't be Superwoman all the time unless you spend a little time being whatever that woman's name is, don't know. You can't, you have to recover your mind, body, and your soul, come back stronger. Can you come back and get in the fire and be a, a fire to the fire? Can you come back and burn hotter? Oftentimes with athletes, I have to force my guys 
out of the weight room because they have a hard time admitting that they need rest. They have a hard time because they want to be Superman. But I have to force them to be Clark Kent. Take that cape off, put your suit back on, and go sit down. You don't need to fly around all day, right? It's the same thing with everybody on this call. There's something that you're doing that's amazing, that's great. But I promise you, with a little recovery, a little time off, a little refreshing of your mind, body, and spirit, you can come back and do even greater things every single time. Can you super compensate? Can you apply that principle to your life? Can you apply recovery to every area of your life? All you got to do is just take some time and think about it. And most of the time, you already know what it is you need to do to recover. You got to make it important. And another thing that's hard for people is you got to put yourself first. When you put yourself first, you're able to give people more. When you put yourself first, you're able to give people more. You got to recover. Just like Jesus did. He had the multitudes coming. He had the people coming to him. And he knew, okay, if I'm going to be able to handle this, I got to go recover. And I got to go recover often. Not just once, often. That's what the Bible says. Often. So, I want to ask this question to everybody. What do you do to recover? And I can even frame it this way. So when the Bible says, so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Who? He himself, by himself. When? Often. Where did he go? Into the wilderness, a solitude place, a private place. And what did he do? He prayed. Who? When? Where? And what? So I want to open up that question. What is it that you do for your recovery? I gave you my example, my daily recovery and my yearly recovery. So I want to hear, and even if there's repeats, even if someone says something that you want to say, say it anyway, because everybody else in here listening, that's just confirmation that that thing probably works pretty well. Everybody is their own person. Everybody does things their own way. So I want to hear and try to get through as many people as possible. What do you do? What do you do to recover in your mind, body, and spirit? So let's see some mic flashes and let's get going. Hey, coach. Did I mute myself? Sorry. I said the order. I think I was on mute. So I said. You, you were. I go said, ahead. Okay. My bad. I said Dr. Rowe, David, Vernita, and then Dr. Sean. Go ahead, Dr. Rowe. Isaac, one of the first things, uh, well, I do two things to recover. It depends on what's going on. But one of the first things is I love to read. So I just retreat in my bedroom grab three books that I love, uh, primarily biblical and historical, and just relax. And I love um, shakes. So I get a strawberry shake and just, you know, drink that along with reading. The second thing I've learned that helps me to just retreat when I've done too much is just specifically say no. Um, it's hard for me to do sometimes because I like to help everyone, but I have a scripture and I keep it on my uh, screen and it's Nehemiah 6.3. I have a good work and I cannot go. 
and it reflects on, you know, when Nehemiah was trying to build and they kept saying, come down, come down and take him away from what he was doing, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not. So um, I keep that there so I can remind myself when I just need to be with me and nothing else. It's like, nope, I'm sorry, I can't do that. With that, I hand the mic back to you. Thank you. That's awesome. No. She also said no. No is a recovery for your mind. Trust me. Saying no, it closes the door to what you might be irritated about. Okay. Uh, I hope you're writing this down. Everybody, you should be writing these things down because they'll help you. David, go ahead. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Always great listening to you. You know, recovery for the body, mind, soul, so important. I'm, I'm actually 36 hours into a fast right now. Um, it's the first time I've done this. I'm doing 60 hours for my first one. And uh, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I'm a little hungry sometimes, but uh, I still feel uh, I feel okay. And, and, uh, and you know, I, I, I was reading tools. Uh, actually, Curtis recommended, Curtis, the uh, Olympian recommended tools, uh, tools to Titans or tools for Titans. I started reading that and they talk about um, fasting. So I figured, you know what, I've never done that. I want to do that. But to me, it's also important. Coach, I mean, exercise, uh, you know, I, I work out uh, six days a week, some weeks seven. And I think for my mind, that's recovery, you know, stress, um, meditation, man, it's critical. I've been meditating for 10 years, uh, journaling, just, yeah, I think it's everything. I think you said it, it's, it's myself first. And I realized that you know, if I can't take care of myself first and I can't take care of my family, you know, I have to, I have to take care of myself so I can be there for everybody else. So it's, it's literally that important. So appreciate the uh, appreciate the talk. And thanks. My name's David. I'm done speaking. Amen. I agree. I agree. So we'll go Vernita, Dr. Sean and then Michael Huey. I know I heard your voice. Go ahead, Vernita. No, thank you, Coach Isaac, Grand Rising. I love, love, love this talk topic. This is Bernita Adele speaking. And um, a few things around recovery came to mind. I'm going to concur with David around meditation. Um, quiet time for me first thing in the morning. Um, prayer and meditation. So I have backed up my alarm uh, another five minutes so that I can not have that type, that quiet time in a rushed way. But before I can show up to Breakfast with Champions at 5 a.m., I have to have a daily renewal of quiet time, prayer, and at least 20 minutes of, of meditation. And in that, I try to really listen for the birds outside my window, which, um, you know, here in Brooklyn, it's, it's a noisy place in general, but a lot of times, you know, if I really listen, I can I can catch those birds each morning before the sunrise. And that's something I tuned into because, you know, Coach, you and I, you know, chatted in the back channel. I concur with you about the solo trip. Um, I had uh, I've shared that I've had the really divine privilege to do a three month sabbatical in Australia right before the pandemic, primarily um, volunteering on organic farms. And um, that trip was prompted by my business coach who recognized my complete and total burnout. And as we started to work together, he very quickly said the first thing he recommended was that I take three months off. And I was like, three months off? I was like, who does that? Like, I'm American. But see, like, he, he's 
European. He's, he's German. He was like, no, 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 like Americans, you, you work too much. And so, um, you know, I, I, I'm a business owner. I have the, the gratitude and space to do it. And uh, one of the things I did on that trip, you know, um, was to unplug. I loved, I loved the show this morning with Barbara and Scott and everyone with Glenn. And I was going to say, at some point in the trip, I actually had to tell my friends and family that I was going off the grid from my phone. Because of technology, it's possible to be in contact with everyone all the time. And it got to a point where it was almost like I had never left home because I could always talk to my mom and my, my boyfriend at the time. And I ended up telling them for about 10 days that I was going to be off social media, off phone calls, because I wanted to really replicate that alone travel internationally, like back in the day where you might get one postcard from somebody and you couldn't just, you know, hit them on WhatsApp 24 seven. And, and that was really important. And so um, I'll, the last thing I'll say to wrap that up, to bring it full circle, the reason why I really listened for the birds in Brooklyn is because um, I had the experience of the birds are so loud in Australia, but in a way that's um, really just indicative of how different that part of the world is, tropical birds and cockatoos. And whether you're in the city or, or out on the farm, the birds there um, have this really magical sound first thing in the morning as the sun rises. So I brought that back to Brooklyn with me. And uh, thanks for this topic, Coach Bernita Dunspeedy. Awesome. Thank you, Bernita. We'll go with Dr. Sean and then Michael, and we'll try to get one or two more. Go ahead, Dr. Sean. Good morning, Coach. And you know how much I uh, respect and listen to you all the time. I think that's well established, but I am going to disagree a little bit with you while agreeing with you at the same time, because I think that my that there are there are plenty of people out there that do say no strategically and properly, but there are a lot of people out there also that say no too much. They say no to this, they say no to that because they think that they can't do it, that they, it's not for them. I'll give you a perfect example. Steve Stephen Kuhn, one of the people I respect a lot in this room as well. He, he suggested to me in a DM on, on Instagram, hey, why don't you just, if you've got so many questions about this, why don't you just come with us to Peru? I was like, you know what, Steven? Yes, I'm going to do that. And I told you to send me your link and we we're going to work together to get, to get me ready to hike the Andes and stuff like that. Because that's something a year ago I would not have done. So I think it's really important that while we're saying no, make sure you're saying no for the right reasons. And sometimes yes is just as much of recovery as no is because it allows you to step into your greatness and like Glenn always says, be the person you know you can be. I'm Sean and I'm done speaking. Thank you, coach. I like that. I like that. Thanks for that perspective. And um, yeah, I'll cuss you out in the back chat. So don't worry about that. Never mind. Michael, let's go. Coach, how are you, buddy? I think you muted yourself, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I, I agree with you. I actually just came back from and 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 I would say this in all respect, you know, make sure that your spouse is on the same page with you or your significant other, because, you know, my wife gives me the opportunity to do that. I'm actually doing my intentional duty right now. I'm preparing our meals for the for the entire day right now as we speak. I'm, I'm super intentional. I think intentionality is one thing that I've learned that's super important. And I just went away for actually 12 days. Actually, I came back super refreshed, super intentional, super focused. 
Um, I feel like it, it, I do agree with some things that, that, that Sean says, but I think you, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before I'm reading a book called boundaries again, that I think every human should read because it teaches you when to say yes and when to say no, it gives you a perspective of God's thought process on saying yes and saying no. And I think what I learned from you all the time, coach, is that we're very like-minded in a lot of ways and we're very heart-minded in a lot of ways. And I think there's a difference that that being like-minded and being heart-minded is, 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 is significant because it allows God to speak to our heart and change our heart. And I came back refreshed. Um, I think it's super important that we do that. I think you should plan it. I do it twice a year and I, and I discuss it with my wife. I say, you know, is this a good time? Is that a good time? And the fruit that came from this, I shared this with my pastor and he talked about it in church on Sunday is, um, I, I had a very close friend of mine that, 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 that's a, um, Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, Five Simple Steps to an Extraordinary Morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day has a show here on Breakfast with Champions that rededicated her life to God. Uh, now her family has has had some restoration. There's just a lot of things. And I've been talking with a lot of people in the back chat from Dr. Janie and, and Joy and just so many people in this this room that have allowed us to come together and and do the things that you've talked about, Coach, that, that we can encourage one another. We can lift each other up. And I think for me, you know, I, I want to live, I don't want to just live longer. I want to live longer, healthier. And like Scott says, like Ed Milet says, I want to be, I want to strive every single day to become that person that God's created to me, not the person that the world's created me to be, or man has created me to be, but the man that God has created me to be. And you are a prime example of that. So thanks for your segment today. And thanks for letting me speak. This is Michael. I'm complete. Wow. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I'm not going to cuss Dr. Sean out. That was a joke. It went over his head. Anyways, so I want to see uh, <laughs> Curtis. Are you, are you, <laughs> right? Curtis, Seriously, you I could there, not get the man? phone out of my pocket fast enough, man. <laughs> Curtis Mitchell, are you there, bro? Yeah, I'm actually right here just finishing up my warm-up left in training, but I'm here. I love the topic, man. It's very important, man. I, I love what you heard. Just came in. Yeah, man. What do you do for recovery? Not your body, but your mind. If you could just drop a 30 second. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. So I do a lot of meditation um, and just staying true to myself with, with then what I'm doing. You know, like you said, having the ability to say no, detach, you know, going on trips by yourself. So I just stay within my, you know, what, what I'm doing, um, staying focused on the mission and the goal. Um, I have a, a, a real strong team around me. So it's been getting me through it. Got a lot of big things. It's a lot of pressure. Um, with what I'm trying to chase is my journey, you know, so keeping my mind sharp um, with my body, making sure I'm resting, making sure I'm eating the right things, um, praying, meditating, reading a lot of books, podcasts. You know, I have a, a good balance in my life. Um, so, you know, that's that's some of the things that I do for my mind. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone's input. Let's go one more. Let's go one more. Just speak up because I can't see everything. Who's up? Speak up. Speak up. Speak up. This is Thomas, hey, coach. Uh, coach. Who's that? Thomas. Go ahead, Thomas. Good morning, coach. Good morning, everybody. Um, I love what you said. I used to take a lot of trips with my dog. 
it's isolating and being in nature. I live on the ocean and uh, every single morning I go and just look out, feel the waves, feel that, the smell, the salt, and feel so connected. And um, and I'm a windsurfer, kite surfer, and a surfer. So I'm constantly 365 days a year, um, basically in the middle of the ocean, even when it's really cold. And I isolate myself and really connect with nature. And that is recovery. When you're so far out and you see sometimes whales, dolphins, and sharks, and you just you just connect with them and you become nature, you become grounded. And all that uh, materialistic point of view of life, you know, the cars and anything else that is outside your locus, instead of being inside of you and people focus on whatever's on the outside, uh, that brings me back to who we are, water, matter, and energy. And that is recovery. And uh, I love what you said, you know, your dog, they don't talk. They just feel your energy and they give you back that energy. And I love that. That is the reason why I'm so connected to animals. But I love that topic and you did an amazing job. And, you know, as you know, I keep on DMing you every day, you and, and everybody else, because I appreciate what you do and keep on doing it, man. You inspire people to be better. That is what I want to become, a better person. Thank you so much. It's Thomas and I'm done. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate that. Dang, man, you DM other people too? I thought it was just me. I don't feel No, like just you, just no you, more, you. Everybody God. else keep quiet. Just I'll be back. <laughs> That's all good, man. I appreciate everyone's input and your participation. I hope you got at least one thing that can help you with recovery for your life, for your body, your body, your mind, your soul, or whatever it is you need. So I'm gonna hand the mic to Joy and Miss Liza, I think. Yes, good morning. Awesome. Good morning. Thank you, Coach Isaac. We are so grateful for the passing of the mic and have absolutely loved listening to the last 30 minutes of this segment. Joy, how are you this morning? Girl, I need some recovery. So getting on here and hearing, hearing Coach being like, so what do you do to recover? And I'm like, uh, when I'm done with 75 hard, I'll be recovering. But I love the conversation of what do you do to rest your mind? It's called airplane mode. It's beautiful. So Joy and I were texting last night and she was going into recovery mode for a 30 minute nap so that she could wake up to get her second workout in for 75 hard. Joy, that is commitment. That is dedication. I got to ask, what day are you on? 44. 44. Come on. So So proud of you. I'm tired. I'm tired, but so close. So close. Well, we are excited to be with you guys for the next hour of Breakfast with Champions. Um, let's do a quick room reset uh, for those uh, who may have just joined us who, or who might have be here for the first time this morning. Uh, we started off at 5 a.m. as always, Monday through Friday from 5 to 11. And Glenn Lundy and Scott Simons uh, started off the morning. And Scott was asking us to share advice that our parents had uh, given us. There were some amazing tidbits in there. And Scott in particular shared a piece of advice about knowing who you are. And it just flowed perfectly, obviously, into Glenn's Rise and Grind show that comes on every morning at 5.30 that's both live on Facebook and live here in Breakfast with Champions. 
Glenn had an amazing segment this morning with four Breakfast with Champions winners in here. And we got to laugh, we got to listen, we got to hear some fantastic questions that he asked them, putting them on the spot. Barbara, Chris, Eddie, uh, Scott, I think those were the four. I don't think I missed anybody that were on at 5.30. And um, the fact that Scott told us on a deserted island that he would take beer, ice cream, and hot tamales I don't know what day of 75 hard he's on, Joy, but I'm about to bring some hot tamales over to Stanton tomorrow. We'll see if he can resist. <laughs> yeah, you're like, see how that goes. I'm pretty sure he'll accept right now. <laughs> I think that he is dying to uh, to have that that day at 75 to enjoy a couple of those things. Um, but we're, Joy and I would love to take the conversation this morning. You know, every Tuesday and Thursday, we have the honor of being with you all from 7 to 8. And we typically have really great interaction between the moderators, the speakers, bringing people up to the breakfast table, because Glenn's vision of this room is that this is the largest breakfast table in the world. We've got, and truly the world, we've got people from all over the world on here. We've had several of them this morning speaking from different countries. And uh, it's just incredible what he has created here. And we are all so fortunate to be a part of it. So this is one large breakfast table. We do happen to have some moderators, some speakers, and a large, I think we've got 400 plus people down here with us uh, this morning at our breakfast table. So if you uh, have a friend, family member, maybe even someone that you don't love so much, but could learn something from our room this morning, we would love to have you bring them to the table. There are, there are never a lack of chairs here at Breakfast with Champions. So hit that plus button, bring in your friends, because what we're going to be talking about for the next hour is what it means to stay in your lane, the good and the bad of what it means to stay in your lane, because this is a concept that um, I've really been thinking through over the last week in particular, but, but it comes up in all of our lives. And so Joy and I were having some conversation about when is the right time? When is it really beneficial and advantageous to stay in your lane? And when is it time that you've got to get outside your lane? So Joy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with everybody, I'm gonna share with you um, a story from last weekend. I don't know if Brian Benstock is in here at the moment. I know he was in here earlier this morning, but we were having a conversation. I think you mentioned a little bit about it possibly on Saturday in Breakfast with Champions during the sales meeting. And we were sharing the background of our companies. And he and I are in the same industry, but have massively different companies. Um, so I was sharing with him that we are in Virginia. Scott always jokes about rural Virginia, where CMA is. And I was sharing with him our growth strategy and the fact that we like to focus on medium-sized markets. Medium-sized markets really allow us to do what we do best, which is connecting into the community, doing a lot of community-based marketing, uh, a lot of focus on customers and, and longevity, which sometimes in a large metro market is hard to uh, create those same connections and relationships. And he agreed with that. And anyway, we were having this conversation about growth strategies around our companies. And he shared, he said, Liza, he said, I really appreciate and have learned a lot over the last couple of days about CMA and the culture of your company and that you're really good in the lane that you're in and you know your lane. And so part of me, took that as a compliment and said, yeah, you're right. I, I know the culture of our company. I know our lane. But at the same time, I started questioning and said, am I too comfortable? Wait a second here. Am I staying in my lane and prohibiting growth for our company? Am I, am I a little too conservative? Am I not pushing us outside of, of that zone that we've been growing in for now, I guess, 97 years of our company? And so I really started diving into this concept of what does it mean to stay in your lane? When is it a good thing? And when could it be holding you back? So there's two ways to look at staying in your lane. 
So, right, there's the first, which is the meaning around knowing your niche, doing your thing to the best of your ability, crafting your craft, right? And then there's the second part of it, which is um, actually, this is the meaning that I like to look at for staying in your lane, which is pushing the boundaries of yourself without losing your core or your values. That there's a way to push to the edges of your lane without losing who you are, which was the whole conversation of this morning from 5 a.m. to about uh, 6.30, which is who you are. So I want to take this next hour and, and Joy, I'm going to ask you a couple questions about what it means to stay in your lane, which is put, still pushing ourselves to the boundaries of who we can be, to living our full potential, but without losing your core, losing the values and the foundation that you, that your company, that your family stands for. So staying in your lane, a couple things when I looked up the definition, it started saying, so staying in your lane looks like minding your own business, which I didn't like at all, doing your thing to the best of your ability, expanding or deepening your expertise, accepting an understanding of others, accepting an understanding of yourself, knowing what you can change and what you can't, flowing downstream and appreciating the journey, and doing no harm to yourself or others, which I thought was an interesting definition. Um, so Joy, let's, uh, let's just start a conversation between you and I first about a couple of times in our lives when, when we've had to challenge ourselves to say, is it the right time to stay in our lane, to go deep, to be the best of our craft? And when is a time that you had to say, wait a second, am I staying in my own lane because I'm comfortable? Maybe I'm not pushing to the edge of my lane. And so Joy, I'd like to ask you to answer that question first, a little bit about what staying in your lane means to you. And then I'll share a story and uh, we'll start popcorning around this mod room and, uh, and bring, a, bring up a couple people to our breakfast table. I love it. So this conversation is so timely because I've been having this conversation with myself and others. So when you brought this up as a conversation yesterday, I just laughed because I said, you know what, isn't it funny how some of the things that we walk through in our lives end up being things that other people are walking through too. And I think that's the beauty of just living that when we think that we're by ourselves and then someone else brings something to your attention, you're like, wow, I'm not alone. So staying in your lane is so important because I think it keeps us in our own integrity. Um, I think for a lot of people who are trying to swear without putting their blinker on, if you will, um, are constantly wanting to be in a different space other than where their feet are planted. And I think we can all think about a time in our lives when we're like, gosh, I just need a, a change of environment. I need, um, I want to go in the other lane because it looks more glamorous or looks like people are having more fun over there or what have you when you were called to be in this lane, not that lane. And I remember there was a time in my life and gosh, probably 2015, I'd been in real estate for three years. I was doing great, but I was so burnt out. And I just felt like, gosh, I don't want to waste, you know, the best years of my life, just barely getting by, just surviving, not thriving. And so I left that company with a whole bunch of money on the table because I wanted my life back. And so I was like, you know what, I think I'm going to go get my mortgage license. And so I dropped everything. I mean, obviously I have my real estate license. So I said, I was gonna go work with a friend. And I found myself doing all of this pre-licensing work to get my mortgage license. And I had this crazy come to Jesus talk in the mirror one day being like, I don't want to do mortgages. Why am I trying to get out of the lane that I know that I'm excellent in? I just need a different environment. And so I think part of 
staying in your lane is knowing where you're great, knowing what comes easy, knowing what feels effortless to you. And then being like, gosh, it doesn't have to be the grass is always greener. Cause what I decided was, or I discovered in that was, I don't want to do this. And I think sometimes you got to push yourself out of your own lane sometimes to realize that you should have stayed where you were. So I think being in your lane is knowing who you are and also knowing who you're not. I think those are great things to know in life and relationships and business, um, where you're excellent and those things just show up for you. So I've been back in my lane for the past, you know, seven years and I've never been happier because I knew that, Hey, if I, if I get out of my lane, I'm not happy here. I'm not fulfilled here. This feels like a drag. This feels uphill both ways and it's not exciting. Um, so I think knowing those limits of who you are, who you're not, but at the same time, like you said, staying in your own integrity is absolutely paramount. Joy, you made a couple of great points there that I just want to highlight for everybody who's with us this morning on Breakfast with Champions. So often we take the comment or we look at the concept of staying in your lane. It could be taken as a negative. People might say it like stay in your own lane because you're trying to share ex- share in an area where you're not an expert or you're trying to go into a space that is nothing that you've ever done before. Or maybe you're criticizing someone else and they'll say, well, just stay in your own lane, stay in your own lane. But the but there really is a lot of positivity and there's a lot that this world can be impacted from and learn from when we do stay in our lane. Um, that word flow comes up so often on Clubhouse and at Breakfast with Champions. And you just said that when you got out of your lane, it was it was like you were going uphill both ways, that it was tough, that you were slugging through and that you weren't enjoying it. And sometimes when we get out of our flow, and I think it's uh, Laura Wilde that talks about flow all the time, but when we get out of our lane, we maybe we aren't getting the, the momentum of the water going with us. We're not, uh, we seem to be fighting in ways that are not our core foundation and what we're really good at. Um, so there was another uh, book that I was reading that talked about, there's a way that we can stay in our lane, but we can push to the edges of our lane. It doesn't mean that we can't grow within our lane. We just grow in the area where we're gonna make the most impact. Does that make sense? I love that. And I think for me, it was, why do I want to trade people for paperwork? People is where I thrive and I hate paperwork. And so I think sometimes you look in the mirror and just have to say, okay, what am I doing here? Why am I wanting to switch lanes? And I think to your point of, it can be seen as a negative of people who do use that term as stay in your own lane, mind your business, keep your eyes on your own paper. But I think it's so important to say, hey, what is your lane? How do you how do you find the right lane for you where it just feels like it's you're on cruise control? And I think when you find that, it feels like flow. It feels like peace. It feels like fun where you can grow and stretch and learn. But of course, some roads are some roads are bumpy even when they're good. So I think just yeah. because you've got some turbulence on the road doesn't mean that it's time to switch lanes. So I think you kind of know that in your gut when it's time to move on from something um, so that you can grow. And sometimes those uncomfortable parts are simply just growing pains in the lane that you were already created to be in. Yes. Bill Hauser, I saw you on mic. Would you love to jump in? I, I'm sure you have some great wisdom on the subject. I don't know if you unmiked on purpose or Bill, was that on purpose? Oh, okay. Sorry, Joy. I, I can come. I can come I didn't in. want to uh, cut him off. Uh, oh. 
Okay, let's go ahead and open up the mic to some moderators to talk about uh, staying in your lane, what that means from a positive standpoint or when you may have had to adjust your lane. Give me some mic flashes of who wants to join the conversation with us here this morning. All right, I see a couple of things. I just heard somebody on mic. Um, uh, Solana Rich, you wanna join us? Good morning, beautiful people. Good morning. Hello there. I just, I love this topic. Um, Coach Isaac, that was awesome. I mean, I, I've been doing the 75 hard and riding my bike, like that's uh, that's definitely for me. I just feel free and I'm out here on the roads, you know, pushing it to the limit, staying in my lane. And as far as the cars and people and everything that goes on, I feel like when we're, we were born, we were, you know, we came here by ourselves and we're gonna die, you know, pretty much by ourselves and when we're living our life and when we're doing whatever we're doing, we have to keep in mind, like he said, put yourself first. Like you have to look out for where you are and what you're doing. And no matter whoever is moving, however they're moving, it's up to us to respect ourselves enough to know where we're at in wherever, you know, how however it may be yesterday grant cardone was on and he said that uh he said forget your own lane just he wanted to just take off and fly but even still in that i mean even if you're in the sky you still have to stay in your lane in a sense because you have to respect your surroundings you have to always look out for where you are and where you're supposed to be where you're called to be and do that thing very well without um disrespecting people. Sometimes when I first, first started um, riding my bike, I would be fussing at the people that, you know, so and they're looking so out for their You just brought up a fantastic point that I would like a couple other people to, to jump okay. in on. So Grant Cardone is a perfect example of someone who, he was in the lane where he was very good in the car business. Right. But he also, there was a point in his life where he said, I'm bigger than this, or I, I've got more capacity, I've got more impact. And so he found a couple of other, other lanes to head into. But I'll tell you, he did it with intention, right? He, yes. he, he looked ahead of him and he said, okay, I've got more to give. I've got more capacity. Where should I, what other lane should I create? Or how do I go beyond this lane to make sure that I'm continuing to grow? So the question is, when do you know to switch lanes? When do you add a lane to your life right. so that you can go as far? And Grant is a great example of intentionally adding another lane. I think and like that, we, I love what you're saying, like, um, you know, yeah. push you to the edge of it, you know? Yeah. And, and Sonor, which I think the, the other thing that you were, where you were going was that um, not, it's not just about switching lanes. Cause I think too often you can drift into another lane. Does that make sense? You try to almost be everything to everybody and create too many lanes. But if you're intentional Absolutely. and you add a lane versus drifting into another lane, because There's then you could crash so easily. Yes, yes. Right? Yes, all right, let's get a couple other mic flashes up here. Let's talk about when is it time to stay in your lane versus get a new lane? Chris, join us. Hey, hey, good morning, everybody. I love this topic and thank you uh, for bringing me up and calling on me. I just here every day with y'all and everybody in here just so beautiful and amazing value. I, this is something that really, I talk about a lot and have, I've done 75 hard 
too. So it's a, just something I found myself in when doing that also, but just having tunnel vision and really recognizing when I'm in that, because a lot of times you feel yourself going into these other lanes or other people trying to pull you into, let you over into their lane and, and you may start to veer over, but realize, Hey, this is, I need to keep this tunnel vision because this is aligned with my goals. This is aligned with who I want to be. And I need to stay here and just continuing to check in with yourself on that, realizing when you're in that tunnel vision state is important because you're really elevating. And um, that really is what resonated with me when you're talking about this topic. So thank you so much. And I'm Chris and I'm done speaking. May I jump in here? This is Gina. Please do Gina, go for it. Well, first of all, Liza, I want to say amazing to see a female in the automotive industry. My husband, uh, his name is Todd Skelton. He's a big CEO in the automotive industry, worked for AutoNation, now works for Prime up in uh, New England. So love that female in the automotive industry. <laughs> and uh, this is Gina Clubhouse, momerator. Um, for me, I love this conversation about staying in my lane because I talk about this all the time. You know, the riches are in the niches and we've um the mom link our community here and online we've really found a community in the niches of moms and mompreneurs and women who support women to like further that that movement of female collaboration in order to succeed by helping with the resources and tools and education and then empowerment and enlistment piece too as well and <clears throat> for me you have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April, or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April, or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60-year record this past January. All of these dealers join the 800% Club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Staying in my lane is really following that small, still voice, God's given voice. God always has guided me to want to make a change in this world. You know, a lot of people are motivated by money. That's never been my motivation, although money comes to me freely and easily because it's a direct result of helping others. Um, what God always puts on my heart and in my mind is a vision to change the world. And I've had that feeling twice in my life. When I was young and I was out of college, I had that feeling of, I want to show at-risk children, children who are living at or below federal poverty level, that their circumstances did not define them, that they can be successful if they had true belief in themselves and then guided with the tools and the skills necessary to accomplish those things. And I went on to be a CEO of a nonprofit in South Florida for 10 years, and I raised millions of dollars for that charity. And that was something that God placed on my heart because he knew that I have the social organizational skills to make a difference in the world. Now, 
at almost 40, I'll be 40 June 5th. Yep. Gemini season. I'm there. And I have that same feeling of, oh my gosh, this is my new passion in life. This is my new opportunity to change the world through the mom link by creating a community of these women, right? Because I've read articles that have said that the reason why females aren't progressing the way that they should in the world at today is because they fail to collaborate. We're not organized. And we've made it our personal mission to make a movement here on this planet to organize females because the future is female and we're going to be at the forefront of that. So that's interesting to me about my lane because really for me, it's been what God has placed on my heart, the movement and the vision of where he wants to see change happening in the world. And it's just been so powerful to me to be able to be co-creating these kinds of changes with the creator of the universe. It's really quite amazing. So thank you so much for allowing me to speak today. I'm Gina. I'm complete. Gina, I'm so happy you joined us this morning. And I just want to wish you a very early happy birthday. I just followed you. I cannot wait to learn more um, about the impact that you're making and collaborate with you. That is, love your story. Joy, go to you. Absolutely. I see Julianne flashing her mic and also Miss Lynn. Good morning, Julie. Hi, good morning, you guys. I love this topic. So I'm very grateful that we're speaking on this. So I believe that we are all born with our certain gifts and talents. And you would know what your gifts or talents is because in your heart center, you will feel what's good for you or what's not. So I believe that when we're in our lane, we are following our hearts. And when we're veering off the lane, we know, so such as comparing yourself to others and like looking on social media and stuff like that, you'll start feeling in your heart like that, that's, you you know, you just get like, um, it just doesn't feel right. So it's all about feeling. So what I usually say, um, and I actually say this um, a lot of the times is, um, I like, I will always say, like, don't compare myself and like stay, I'll say, let's, I need to stay in my lane. So like, there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve myself or reach my goals. But like comparing is just, you know, it's all about feelings. So like when I fall behind on something or like, you know, quote unquote, on the race or whatever, I just say, um, what do I say? I'll, I'll say, I like to do this and to stay in my lane. And so basically what it all comes down to is like what feels right for you. And you know, in your heart, like when you calm your uh, mind down and you meditate or whatever, you'll say, you'll feel the sensation of what feels right and what feels wrong. And when you're comparing yourself to other social medias or other people, you'll know that that doesn't feel right for you. And then, you know, it'll help you, it'll guide you on your path because we're all born with we're all different. Like we all have our gifts and talents. So that's what I want to say. And thank you. I hope you guys all have a beautiful day. My name's Julie. I'm done speaking. I couldn't agree with you more, Julie, because I think we all have that gut feeling when we're outside of our lane or our own integrity sometimes. And it's like, "Mm, I need to get back to the center and that's (laughs) where you find peace. And I'm trying to be wherever the peace resides. So thank you so much for your share. Good morning, Lynn. How do you stay in your lane and when have you known when to change it? Uh, Hi, thanks for having me. Um, Obviously from before I was, I drank a lot. I was alcoholic, just in a bad state of mind. And that's 
that's when I realized like sometimes you're in a lane, but it's not always the, the best lane, right? So so when you have to reflect and you realize like that's not the good lane, like if you look at a highway, it's not one lane, there's four. So there's always a different option. So kind of reflect on where your life's going, your goals, stuff like that. And then if it's not the right lane, just signal out and find that right lane. And obviously I found it now. And with that, I just don't have to say. And by your profile picture, Miss Lynn, um, you have definitely switched lanes, and I am super proud of you. Um, oh, and I, I just have to say I'm on day one of 75. Ah, I love it. Well, well welcome to yes. one. This is day two. <laughs> well, we're super cheering for you. I'm on day 44, and if you ever need um, a virtual hug, um, you come find me. So I'm super proud of that. Yeah. There's a, there's actually like four of us out in Toronto and we're all doing it together. So this is great. And you, well, we, you opened it for me. I, I didn't, never heard of it. And then I, I listened to you. I love it. Are you in our Facebook group? I am not. Well, uh, shoot me a DM um, on Instagram and I'll shoot you the link. There's over probably almost 230 of us from Back to the Champions who are doing it together. So your four in Toronto are about to be multiplied. So we have a whole community now that cheers for each other and would love for you to be a part of it. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. You got it, girl. Who else? Julie, I think like I saw share? Julianne down here flashing her mic. Julianne, uh, did you have something to share about staying in your lane? When is it a positive? When do we have to get out of our lane or create a new lane? Julianne, did you want to join? I spoke already. I guess I don't oh, think I'm you. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I saw your mic flashing and I wasn't paying attention. I'm just like, I'm just clapping. I'm just clapping. That's what I get for multitasking in the morning. No, I know. <laughs> Trust me, I know. But thank you for let's, calling. Uh, let's get a couple other mic flashes. When is the right time to stay in your lane? Dora Maria, I think I saw you uh, uh, unmic for us this morning. Yes, good morning. Um, I would say definitely that it's when you really want to make sure that you're amplifying other people's voices. So you want to be just well, listening well to what they're saying to be able to amplify them even better. So that is one way that I know that it's my turn to like, make sure that I'm sticking to my own lane. I have a few areas of expertise that kind of intersect. Um, but when it's, especially when I come in here, for example, in the morning, I hear so many words of wisdom and so many of, you know, especially the mods on the stage that I'm like, okay, I'm going to listen because I'm going to amplify some of the messages that are being said here. So for that, I'll stay in my lane. So it's Dora Maria here and I'm done speaking. Awesome. Thank you, Dora Maria. I think what we're going to do right now is because we've got a incredible wealth of knowledge up on this stage and at the front, I shouldn't call it the stage, up at the breakfast table this morning, as Glenn always calls it. This is the largest breakfast table in the world. It is 7.30. We are halfway through our hour, and we're talking this morning about staying in your lane. So often, staying in your lane is taken as a negative, like, don't comment on that. Stay in your lane. You don't have the expertise. Stay in your lane. But there's so much positive about knowing your lane, pushing the boundaries of yourself within your lane and your lane really being about your core, your values, your foundation, knowing where you can make the most impact on this world, uh, where you can do uh, whatever it is to the best of your ability, crafting your craft, knowing your niche, while at the same time, making sure we're not limiting our growth. So I think we've had great perspectives already this morning. Um, Joy's gonna open up the hand raisers 
And what we'd like to do is invite some new voices up to our breakfast table, really to ask questions. If there are people that have questions about maybe you're having trouble figuring out what your lane is or when is the right time to pivot outside of your lane. And like we were talking about with Grant Cardone, where he intentionally went to a new lane. Um, and while Joy is doing that, I thought I saw Kelsey flashing her mic. Kelsey, did you want to chime in before we open it up? We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I would love to. Thank you, Liza. Um, and I kind of just popped in on the conversation, but I actually really love this. And it reminds me of something that Marcus Black said um, a, a month or so back. He said, um, don't lose control of your wheel while looking at someone else's car. And that I think is kind of pertinent to the conversation that we're having right now, because staying in your lane doesn't necessarily mean, you know, be one track minded and everything like that. But what it could also mean is stay focused and hungry on what you, where you want to get, because if you get to looking around you, you can get very, very distracted by every other person's shiny picturesque lifestyle, which may or may not be the real case. Um, but you know, social media has a tendency to do that. So I love the fact that we're talking about staying in your lane. And of course there are times to adjust and switch your lane. Um, when you want to get to a new goal, you know, now you're taking a different exit, whatever it may be, but that just kind of that quote from him, uh, popped into my head when I was listening to the conversation of don't lose control over your wheel looking at somebody else's car. So this is Kelsey and those are my 10 cents. Thanks for having me share, Liza. Kelsey, that was perfect. I think you just summed up exactly what uh, I was at least trying to convey and, and what I've been thinking through this last week since Brian Benstock was, I think, trying to give me a compliment, but it really challenged my thinking when he said, Liza, you really have figured out your lane. You've taken your company in the direction that's the right fit for the culture of CMA and, and growth in medium-sized markets. But then I questioned, I said, wait a minute, am I, am I limiting myself? Am I not looking at that, that car next to me, as you just mentioned, Kelsey? Am I staying too limited in my lane? But I think you summed it up perfectly. Um, Joy has brought up a couple of uh, new voices to our breakfast table this morning. We would love for Joy, for you to introduce the first person and, and ask the question of the mods and speakers. And uh, we'll do two people up at a time and we'll let some mods speak in between. And we would love for everybody to participate and help answer questions for those new to our breakfast table this morning. That's perfect. So I brought up Ms. Brenda Hallahan. Good morning, Brenda. Do you have a question of what does it look like to stay in your lane or when's the best time to change it? Thank you very much, Joy, for bringing me up and good morning, everyone. Um, yeah, so basically I'm a, gen I'm a, I'm a generalist. <laughs> I know I, I, my whole life I've gone broad and not deep. And now I'm at the point where, you know, I know some of the tools I need to move a business forward, but I really don't know what lane to get in. So I guess my question to you is, how did you, like for those of you who who didn't already have a definite lane, how did you figure out what that lane might be? Thank you very much. Now I'm done speaking. That's a good one. How do you know which lane to follow when you're trying to, I'm guessing, Brenda, you're saying you want to get more niche in your own lane because you've gone a little broad? Yeah, and, and honestly, I'm not even sure that I'm in I'm in the right lane. <laughs> so yeah. What, la what lane are you in in business? What's your lane? Well, I just, I'm just opening um, a, a fashion and home accessories business. 
So fashion home accessories. Does anybody have something they could share with um with something Brenda? I'll share, Julie. Yeah, go for it. Um so yesterday, I mean you guys mentioned it a little bit earlier, Grant was Grant Cardone was in the room and he was talking and I was really reflecting on what he said a lot because uh, he just talked about like stacking right to where each thing you're moving into different lanes but each thing is feeding into the last or the last is feeding into the new thing and so you know example for me car business 23 years a big chunk of that i was on the retail side like where i was in a store and so when i left that environment now i still work in automotive it looks different i still work with owners and gms and and people in the automotive industry so i took my skills and my experience from before and created something completely brand new but it's stacking off of that experience right so it's a new lane but it builds from the old lane and same thing with rise and grind and and breakfast with champions these morning shows that we do uh, the morning shows help build my brand and build my trust and build integrity with my automotive clients and results that i get with the automotive clients helps build trust and respect over in the other brand does that make sense so it's really just kind of stacking you don't want to take all the years and everything that you've done and have that be time just wasted and forgotten build from there and continue to spread out into lanes that can feed the previous lane or the previous lane can feed it if that helps that makes a beautiful sense glenn brenda did that help you yes that was great advice thanks so very very much said stack your previous experience and don't throw it away you can use that into your next lane and your next lane and your next lane because i think stacking good decisions usually leads to good outcomes but knowing where you are excellent in those areas and taking that with you wherever you go so i hope that served you and I hope you have a beautiful day miss brenda good hey, morning Joy, scott Simons yes. was just uh flashing oh, I, didn't his see mic. Scott. I don't know if scott had uh some advice for brenda or uh some uh nuggets of wisdom scott did you want to share with uh brenda's question real quick Okay, Joy, maybe yeah, I'm, I'm just, oh, um, there he is. I've been in and out, obviously, if y'all saw this morning, uh, but uh, yeah, I've been in and out this morning, obviously, I've had Wi-Fi issues, which is crazy, but anyway, <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> I'm having it again, I think, I just got the red bar of death, but anyway, what, what, you know, what I would like to share is just anybody that's, you know, thinking about going out on business on their, on their own, the number one reason why businesses fail is undercapitalization. It doesn't mean that you don't have a really good idea, it, I mean, there's a lot of great ideas. But over 90% of small businesses fail, and the number one reason why is they're undercapitalized. So that's just the point that I would like to bring up to everybody, not to be a Debbie Downer or be negative, is just make sure that you put, you've got the capital behind you. You put the capital aside or have the investors behind your idea, because if you don't, one, it's hard to stay in business without cash, and two, it's most definitely hard to scale. And even if you have a profitable business, that business can fail if you don't conserve cash. Also, the number one reason why marriages fail is over money. 
So it's extremely important to teach yourself financial literacy, especially at, you know, at a young age and pay yourself first by saving your money. So that's just the only point I would like to bring up. We won't even call you Debbie Downer, Scott. We're going to call you like sensible Scott or something like that. Cause you always give such great life advice no matter what. So Brenda, I hope that you feel super served and that you'll go crush your day today for sure. Good morning, Fabi. I hope I said your name right. How do you know when to stay in your lane and when to change? Good morning. Thank you for having me. And this um, subject is, you know, I really enjoy it because, and my question, I guess, would be, um, when is it ever okay to just jump lane? Because as we, um, some of us know that sometimes society or even sometimes culturally, we're told to stay in our lane and staying in our lane can be very safe. And that's how you have a lot of people who are very unhappy in whatever lane they're in you know, go to school, get a job and so on. And sometimes culturally we're told even the type of job that we should get. And it wasn't until several years ago when um, basically a friend dragged me out of my lane and was like, no, the world is so much bigger and go out there and do this, do that. And I'm still finding myself and even finding myself in this room because you know before I would probably see all these successful people and thought oh okay I don't I don't belong here I need to stay in my lane even having the courage to come on stage and speak with some of you guys who are millionaires and are probably very much successful in your in your lane but I think sometimes it's okay to just jump into a jump into a lane so I guess my question is when is it ever okay if it is it ever okay to just jump into a lane thank you absolutely who wants to take that I've got some thoughts um for you but I see Dr. Rowe flashing what are your thoughts Dr. Rowe when is it okay to jump lanes well um I would just give a personal example I have been a professor for 13 years and that is my lane. That's my wheelhouse. But as life shifted and other things happened, I noticed that the things I feared, I just jumped into it. For example, starting a podcast. I've never started a podcast. I can speak and I can teach, but it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I called my son and I'm like, what the heck? And he's like, mom, just do it. You'll be, have fun. You don't have to be perfect. So sometimes it is okay to jump in the lane, but as you're jumping in the lane, learn and grow and, you know, be humble and learn from others. And it will help you to enhance yourself and sometimes um, just shine at things that perhaps you didn't know how to do otherwise. And then if you don't like it, you can always jump into another lane or go back to the one that you came from. With that, I hand the mic back to you, Joy. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. So Jeremy Downing here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 30% increase. Hey guys, Jean Paul Gidry here. And I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Sturr-Snyder. We went an increase of 50%. 50%, we went from 50 units to 75 units. We got a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. 
The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I wanna open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. Oh, I love that too. Cause you're like, Hey, you can have multiple lanes. Just, just know which one you're best in. And Fabi, what I would say to you is I think sometimes we think we only can have one lane. We can only be a professor. We can only be a mom. We can only do this and we can only do that. Cause that's your quote lane. But I have found that I'm passionate about a lot of things. So when it comes to where we are as a culture now, I feel like so many people have especially from a from a business perspective who have like a slash career. I don't know if that really applies to you, Fabi, but I know so many people who are like, hey, I'm a lawyer slash blogger. I'm a, I'm a, you know, a mom slash fill in the blank. You know what I mean? And that can still be one lane because those are things that you're excellent in. And I think some people think they can only be one thing. And I'm a huge proponent that we're all made for more, but just knowing where you're great at and how that can serve more people and also leaves you feeling fulfilled and not drained. Um, Cause I think when you know, when you get to that place of burnout, then that lane has expired and you got to find where you, you know, where your, where your cup gets filled without it being an absolute drain. And I think you can follow your heart on that one. So I hope that served you. Um, but I think I'm a big proponent of having, um, maybe a couple lanes and I kind of stay in those and I feel the most fulfilled there. So you don't have to pick just one. Um, but I think, you know, in your heart when one of those lanes has uh, hit a dead end and sometimes that's okay. Cause it starts a new beginning as well. Joy, I'd love Enjoy. to add on to that if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. I love that you said that about having multiple lanes. Um, and then I also want to add in that it is totally okay to jump into a new lane, ride in that for a few minutes and then be like, you know what, this isn't the lane for me. You know, sometimes I feel like uh, people are too afraid to push themselves out of their comfort zone to move, to make the jump into that new lane and to see you know, what they want to do with their lives and grow and educate themselves in that way. And then if that's not something that's going to be extended for the long time, that's also totally fine. Sometimes you're meant to jump into a lane and fail just so you can use it as that learning experience. So I, I love the, the thought of having multiple lanes that you can kind of switch in and out of. Um, but also when it comes to uh, the woman who asked the question, sorry, I forget your name, love. Um, but feel free to jump into that lane, even if it's just for the failure and the learning of it. I love that, Kelsey. I always say, you know, when I'm trying something new and maybe trying a new lane or whatever, sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I tried it on and it didn't fit. It wasn't for me, but I was willing to step out of my comfort zone. And I think you only know those things by doing. And I think that is, you know, takes a lot of bravery and courage to say, you know what, I might not be the best at said thing. I don't know exactly what I'm doing and that's okay, but at least I tried. And if you didn't try, you would never know that that wasn't for you. But I'm a big fan of trying things on <laughs> and sometimes things don't fit and that's okay. So Fabi. Joy. Joyce's lives. I'd love to just yeah, jump go in for, for one second. You know, I, I, 
when we started off this conversation, I fully agree that there are so many times in life where we do need to try a new lane, where we have to get outside of our comfort zone. The one thing I just want to encourage um, you or, or uh, Brenda or Fabi this morning is to make sure that when we take on a new lane, just to go into it with intention, to spend time making sure that, you know, talk, thinking through what the purpose is, what is the impact that we want to make? Because I think that it's important not to hold ourselves back and we do need to be growing, but too often we can drift into a lane or we get overexcited without planning and purpose and it's okay to fail, but let's fail as long as it comes with intention and that we, we had a, a good purpose behind that lane that we created in our life. Does that make sense? Preach, preach it, Sister Liza. <laughs> you're like, go with that, go at it with intention. Um, Cause I think you're right. Sometimes we just drift over into somebody else's lane because we think it's going to be one way or the other without really thinking it through. And then you get in that lane and you realize this is not really where I want to be. And then you got to get back in your lane with intention without drifting back over as well. So I think that's beautiful. Absolutely. Well, Joy, I think we've got time for a few more people that we brought up. Uh, was there anyone else that you already brought up to the stage or should I bring up a couple more hand raisers? And I know we've got a couple more moderators that popped in um, while we've been chatting. Brian Benstock, are you here? He might still be mid-run or on He might be mid-run. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Coach Isaac, are you here? Would love to know how you stay in your lane. I loved your conversation this morning about how we, um, you know, how do we keep our mind and our spirit in a space where we can just rest. So what are your thoughts about staying in your lane and when it's okay to pick another one? Yeah, for sure. I, well, I stay in my lane because I, I, I pay attention to what I'm great at and what pulls me, you know? Uh, and there was a time where I tried to get out of my lane when I was at, when I was down in Tennessee, I tried to leave the strength and conditioning world. And then when that job was over, my next opportunity came in the strength and conditioning world. Right. So I also, I, I don't just, you know, pay attention to what I'm great at. I pay attention to what I'm called to. Right. What am I what am I pulled into? What am I called to? What are people coming to me for? What do people want from me? Right. What do they look to me for? You know, and it has always been something to do with either strength and conditioning or encouragement and empowerment. That's always what's been my lane. You know, if I was to try to go into, I don't know, something else. I, I know I, I may struggle a little bit because it's not natural to me. It's not, it's not in my wheelhouse, you know, so to speak. It's not in my skill set, right? So I think, you know, how do I stay in my lane? Pay attention, you know, pay attention to what you've always been great at. Pay attention to what people have always come to you for. And at the end of the day, what feels right? what feels right if it doesn't feel right it's not it's not you know that's how i stay in my lane and even even when i tried to leave like i i purposely pushed myself out of the strength and conditioning field because i didn't like my boss now that's a that is a sorry thing to do right i was immature at the time 
<laughs> but I did that. And then once everything was over, I wanted to get back in, but the opportunity wasn't there. And then, you know, a couple of years after that, the opportunity presented itself again. So pay attention to what you're called to. And even when it's tough, even when it's hard, keep going through it. Because just because you're in your lane doesn't mean there ain't going to be traffic. So that's what I got. There's some traffic in other people's lanes. So be sure to put your blinker on and let us know when you're going to swerve. But I think anybody who knows Coach Isaac, he does stay in his lane. And that's where he thrives and shines. Because like, hey, I can train, but I can also encourage. And those things, you know, when you put them together, it's magical. And I think that's where so many people miss saying, hey, dang it, I wish I would have just followed my own lane. And then before you knew it, you're serving more people um, out of your own zone of genius. So keep shining, coach. We love you. I brought up Miss Sheila. How do you stay in your lane, my dear? Or if you have a question for the speakers or moderators um, on the stage, good morning. Well, good morning. Hi, everybody. Well, Joy, I just had to come up here because I always like to tap, tap, tap the mic and, and applaud at all this great advice that everyone's giving. And good job, everybody. How do I stay in my lane? Sometimes I have to widen my lane a little bit so I can still stay in it because sometimes I'm like, oh, I need to do some things. I'm an artist. I'm all over the place. Um, but yeah, this is everything y'all are saying. I echo it a thousand percent. I just love you so much. And I'm done speaking for now. Thank you. You are so welcome. I love your energy. Every time you're around, I'm like, maybe it's the maybe it's the cotton candy hair. I don't know. Big energy. <laughs> it's the Jesus in me, girl. Love Amen, you. Sister. Amen, sister. I hope you hey, have a joy. Great we've got two uh, uh, people up here who are unmiking that I would love to call on next. If we could go to Tim and then to Monica. Hey, thanks so much for calling me to the stage. Oh, and I just love that comment uh, by Shell about it's the Jesus in me. That's what's up. It's all good, all good, all good. Uh, Grand Rising, good morning, everyone. Um, really appreciate this topic. And I will tell you, you know, when it comes to that aspect of staying in your lane, I think first and foremost, there should be uh, an awareness of being present, of who you are, meaning, what you are truly gifted at, but understanding what your tolerance are. I think many people, when they look at, you know, certain leaders in this room that are very successful, they, they aspire to be those individuals, but they really don't identify with who they really are. Are they, do they have the ability to multitask? Do they have the ability to really focus? I think many of us, Joy, and you mentioned it, like you like to be in different lanes. And, and, and I'm the same way. So do you have that ability to multitask? And if not, who can you bring in as a coach or a mentor to help you stay in that lane? And I think one of the most important things when we talk about staying in your lane, sometimes you got to tailgate. You have to tailgate and be behind someone that has already, you know, proven that, that, that lane, that they're steady, they're focused, they're intentional. And it's okay to tailgate, you know, let's tailgate and let's be behind that person so we can learn some things. We can identify what's going on in their world. And then guess what? As we look at what they have in front of them and then they move to the side and they shift lanes, then our lane opens up and we can see that much more clearly. So I hope that's just a little bit of food for thought this morning. This is Tim. I love you. I like cooked food and I'm done speaking. I never really considered the thought of tailgating and a positive, especially if you have road rage on the highway. 
But to your point, Tim, of saying, hey, who can I align myself with? I think that's where you're going of someone who's been ahead of me that I can get behind and follow who's going to take me somewhere worth going. Um, and I think a lot of times that looks like having a coach, having a mentor, having someone who can lead you to the next level because they're already one step ahead of you. So thank you so much for sharing that. And we love you like cook food too. Good morning. I love that tailgating. Monica. I just one I just wrote down. Uh, Monica, go for it. Oh my goodness. Y'all have just changed my life. I would like to start by saying that I am a coach and a speaker. And what's funny about that <laughs> is my late mother, bless her, used to say to me when I was young, girl, that mouth. <laughs> because she meant I was, as they used to say, mouthy. Well, it's funny because now I've made a career over 20 years with my mouth, <laughs> coaching and speaking people. And Lady Gaga has a song called uh, Born This Way. We were all born with certain gifts and talents. Sometimes, though, it's difficult to know what they are because we tend to let our brains and the influence of others direct our path in life rather than really tuning in and paying attention to the effortless genius gifts that God put inside of us. This morning, Stephen Kuhn spoke about his grandfather and the, one of the lessons that he taught him. And the man that he spoke so lovingly and highly of is also my grandfather because Stephen and I are first cousins. We, uh, we grew up together and we have witnessed each other's growth and transformation. And I'm so honored and proud that he invited me to Clubhouse. It, it was, it's been life-changing. But what I wanted to share was, was what something else started, someone else started to say is that once you figure out what is in your zone of genius, what is, what is your superpower inventory, you can stay in your lane. Oh, it was Coach Isaac said this. You can stay in your lane because you know what, what your genius is, but you can then apply your genius to different arenas of life, which makes it feel like you're switching lanes, but truly you're not. You're only switching where you apply your skills, your talents, and your gifts. So when I was 20 years in the organizing and productivity industry, what I realized when I got so burnt out and depleted and I was so sad and just despondent about, I can't even stand to think about serving one more client in this capacity. I said to myself, I gotta figure out how do I keep what I love? How do I stay in my genius but leave behind what's not serving me? And that's when I shifted into coaching because that's the part that was great. That's the, that's the fire that made me great at what what I did, it wasn't the arena of productivity and organization. It was the arena of facilitating transformation for people. And so that's how we can both stay in our lane and shift lanes at the same time and still be fulfilled. I am Monica. I am grateful to be here and I'm complete. Hey champions, guess what? The Breakfast with Champions podcast airs live every single day, 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. only on the Clubhouse app. So make sure to download Clubhouse and go check out Breakfast with Champions. You're not going to regret it. See you there. Thank you so much, Monica. And we just learned, I had no idea you and Steven were cousins. That is amazing. And uh, just tells, tells us a whole lot about you and being, I think I just connected with you. I had not been connected with you yet. So let me make sure that uh, I remind everybody 
uh, to look around you, to follow the moderators and the speakers, to connect with those who are sitting next to you at our breakfast table this morning. Um, because while we're talking this morning about staying in your lane, one of the best things we can always be doing is creating relationships and learning from others because that might help us expand our lane. Uh, so we've got just about two more minutes before we're handing over the mic to Glenn. He's got a great interview, I believe, coming up at 8 a.m. And uh, so I just want to thank everybody who's been with us this morning. I want to thank you for being with us on Breakfast with Champions. Uh, Joy, I took some great notes about staying in your lane. And I hope that everybody can uh, take the positive of what that means, because so often people might use it as a criticism. Just stay in your lane, stay in your lane, get out of mine. But Brian Binstock, thank you for challenging me a couple of days ago to think about what my lane is and think about it from a very positive aspect that uh, I'm going to push the boundaries. I might create some new lanes with intention. I might tailgate a little bit that uh, was just shared with us. Um, I have taken so much from each of you who have shared this morning about what it means to stay in your lane, when to create new ones. Joy, final comments that you might want to share, some takeaways, and then we'll you know turn it over I, to Glenn. You know what I was thinking, which is like a visual of staying in our lane and when we're swerving or um, that guide with, from within that if you've ever run off the road and it makes that horrible noise. Like sometimes you just gotta I make enough noise. noise. <laughs> you just gotta make enough noise when we're, we're when we're moving over or when we're expanding our lane. Um, to others, it might be like, "Wow, she's making a lot of noise over there," but hey, I'm still in my lane. Um, so I think for a lot of us who have pushed those boundaries um, of our own lanes and just to be confident in it, I think that's the biggest takeaway. Is you know, I don't care how saturated the market is in any space. If you're called to be there, then take up all the space, um, make as much noise as you can, um, be the most confident, and just realize that you are supposed to be in that lane for a reason. And sometimes those things don't make sense till you're down the road, if you will. But I do know that the lanes that I've been called to have been the most fulfilling and they feel like I'm in flow. Um, but sometimes you gotta make little noise and sometimes it's really uncomfortable because you are stretching and growing, but this has been such an amazing conversation. Liza, thank you for bringing it to the table. Um, you're always so thoughtful, um, and insightful and I took a bunch of notes as well. So we thank everybody for participating and for staying in our own lanes of genius and being willing to share from your heart, from your past experience as well. So with that, we're going to turn the mic over to Glenn with his amazing interview, but I hope you guys all have the most beautiful day. And thanks again, Liza, for this amazing conversation. Yes. Love you, Joy. Love all of you. Have a beautiful day and let's make the most of it. Glenn, it's all you. Are you ready? Let's go. Man, that was a powerful, powerful segment. Liza and Joy always bringing the heat. I absolutely stinking love you both. This is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table. That's right, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. And I have a question for Liza real quick. Can I just stay in the dad bod lane? Can I stay in that lane? No. Because I'm out on no. the run right now and I'm dying no. over here. I can't stay in the dad bod lane? Not allowed. <laughs> you, can tailgate, you can tailgate behind the rest of um, like Stephen Kuhn or someone to be like, dang, I don't know what you're doing over there. But um, 
I'll tailgate like <laughs> Tim said. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I could definitely use some drifting as I'm out here on this run. I'm like, can somebody cut this air for me a little bit? Ah, uh, but it's beautiful, and I'm teasing, and you guys push me, and you inspire me, and I appreciate you so so much for who you are and the excellence with which you exude. Uh, speaking of people who exude excellence, my guest today. Halataha, oh my gosh, she is amazing. This is the host of Young and Profiting Podcast. This is like the number one podcast in the education category, like absolutely killing it with hundreds of thousands of downloads daily. I'm hearing a hot mic. Somebody's pouring their coffee, honking their horn. Okay, uh, hundreds of thousands of downloads monthly, right? Hundreds of thousands she is the ceo of yap media social media and podcasting marketing agency she is a linkedin podcasting princess with over five million views a month and she on top of all that just happens to be one of my newest most dear friends who really pushes and shows me she shows me every day with her actions what it truly looks like to be a champion. So with that, I'd like to introduce everybody to my friend, Miss Halataha. Hey, how are you, young lady? Hi, Glenn. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a positive conversation, and I'm excited to be here. I am so glad you're here. So tell me about this beautiful name of yours. I want to know where it comes from, what it means. Sure. So I am 100% Palestinian, and in Arabic, my name is pronounced like Hala, but it's spelled Hala, so... I was born in America and everybody always called me Hala. And Hala actually means welcome, which I think is a really fitting name since my job is to interview people and make them feel welcome. I love that. I love that, how the name is fitting. And over here in America, I think Hala kind of works because you used to have like 50 women and you guys did blogs for like hip hop and all that, didn't you? You were like Hala as a girl, right? <laughs> yeah, it worked out. I used to work at Hot 97, and um, the pre everybody used to always, you know, come up to me and be like, holla, holla. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I find that incredibly fitting. So welcome to Breakfast with Champions. Um, I know you've been rocking it here on Clubhouse, um, doing your thing, bringing in great guests, opening incredible rooms. So it's just an honor to have you here with us this morning. Um, if we could... Can we go back in time just a little bit? I'd love to hear how you got into this world of podcasting, interviewing, radio, all of those things. What kind of pushed you into that? And what do you think it is about it that you have so much passion for? Yeah, so I started my career in college. I worked at Hot 97. I took an internship at Hot 97, which was about 10 years ago. And at the time, radio was huge. And this was the number one radio station in the world. And so I did a really good job in that internship. And they promoted me to be Angie Martinez's assistant in the studio area. And at Hot 97, there was really only like 10 people allowed in the studio because that's where all the celebrities would be in and out. So here I was, 19 years old everyday meeting Jay-Z, Beyonce, Drake, Rihanna, you name it. Like I met a celebrity every day of the week. And um, it was such an exciting opportunity for me that I decided that I was going to drop out of school. And so I actually dropped out of school for over a year, dropped out of college um, to work at Hot 97 full time. 
But the thing is, in the radio world, you've got to work for free. A lot of the people who are getting primed to actually be on air, either as a DJ or an on-air personality, you have to work for free and pay your dues. And so a lot of the people that you hear on the radio have been working for free for 10 years before they actually get um, a low-paying radio job. <laughs> um, so I was following that dream and basically did everything for everyone at that station, whether it was feeding their meters, babysitting their kids, doing the research, running the contests, running the Dillette boards, doing the, uh, the commercials and saying the commercials on air. So it's a really cool experience and I learned a lot and really fell in love with uh, radio. My original goal was to be a singer. I thought I was gonna be a singer and was trying to push my music at Hot 97 and recorded a whole album. <laughs> but I actually ended up falling in love with radio and uh, like I said, worked at the station for free for three years. And, um, you know, unfortunately, when a paying job opened up, um, I had a lot of pressure from my family um, to get a, a paying job. And I was making a lot of my money hosting parties and stuff at night. And I just started to feel like, well, I just need some sort of minimum wage job. But they kind of refused to give me a job. And so I left um, and started something called the Sorority of Hip Hop. Um, which was uh, an entertainment news blog, and then also hosted parties. And at the height of it, I had 50 girls, and we were uh, signed to MTV and, and shooting a reality TV show pilot for MTV. And I'll let you pause and ask. I know that was a lot, so I'll let you. Uh, no, I'm like, I'm on. like, okay. And, and at this point, you're like, what, 22? <laughs> yeah. <at laughs> and you've already done like, all this stuff. Yeah, exactly. I was still super, super young. Does a had, like where do you think that comes from? I'm I'm really fascinated by your drive, your strength, your ferocity, and your spirit at such a young age. I'm fascinated by that. So, how does a 19 year old who's meeting Rihanna, Jay Z, Beyonce, you know, like how how do you keep yourself composed and professional and focused to build all these things? I if I was 19 seeing these kinds of people and in these kinds of environment, I would have been a wreck. I would have been partying. I'd have been like, there's no way I would have done anything productive. There's just no way. So where does that, that, that focus and that ferocity that you have, where do you think that came from? Yeah, I think it definitely came from my father. I mean, my father was born in Palestine and uh, many of you guys have probably heard Palestine in the news. And if you're not familiar, you know, um, the, state has been in a state of war for a long time. And so my dad basically was born into a war and, you know, lived in a, in one room with eight different people and didn't have electricity, but ended up, you know, getting a scholarship to medical school and becoming a surgeon and basically pulling my whole family out of poverty. And um, he actually passed away last May from COVID but he showed me the value of hard work. And I kind of always felt like I had no excuse to not make it because my dad came from literally nothing and pulled his whole family out of poverty and kind of showed me that, you know, if you have the will to make it happen, you can make it happen. You just have to believe that life is limitless. You have to take action uh, and believe in yourself. And so um, he just always believed in me. And, um, you know, the other thing that I think is part of my drive is the fact that when I was growing up in middle school and high school is when 9-11 happened. And so we went from being like a really accepted family in the community where we were treated like Italians, for example, just like, you know, kind of ethnic, but not really uh, excluded from anything 
And once 9-11 happened, for like four years, I didn't get any opportunities. I went from being very athletic to being the star in the plays and all that kind of stuff to like literally not being allowed in the talent show. And so those years of me kind of always trying and failing gave me really thick skin where by the time I was in college, I wasn't afraid of anybody telling me no because I was so used to it. And I was so used to having to fight for everything that I wanted that it just wasn't a big deal to get rejected. And so I always take risks and I feel like I take more risks than most people. Um, and that's what has helped me succeed. I love that. So it's that, that, that immigrant mindset, right? Hard work, resilience, and then also a, a feeling of uh, obligation, a feeling of obligation that, that, that you owe it. Your father fought so hard for you. Now you have these opportunities. You have to fight for them. I love that. Uh, here in the room, we've been talking this morning, Joy and, and Liza were just talking about kind of shifting lanes and knowing when to, when to shift into a different lane, shifting into different lanes with intentionality. Uh, you mentioned, you know, just a couple pieces like, you know, you talked about th thinking about being a singer, then it was the radio station, then it was maybe a television series, then it's the podcast. And they're all kind of in the same, they're all in your genius, right? We know they're all in your genius. But how do you make those decisions on when to kind of pivot from one direction to the to the other? And how are you able to do that so quickly, it seems, um, to be able to make these decisions at such a young age? Yeah, I, I think that's a great question. I really think that most of my successes have come on the heels of failure. And it was always some sort of failure that then triggered my next phase in my life. And it was almost like once a door shut, the next door became open very obviously right away. And I think that for me, a lot of the pivots in my life happened when a gatekeeper tried to tell me no. Like for example, I busted my ass at Hot 97 for three years and worked for free for them literally 16 hours a day, like was at the station at 1 a.m. in the middle of the night as a young girl working the boards and just did everything to try to get a job there and they refused to give me a job, right? And I'm not sure why, but they just, it, it just was. And once I realized that it was a gatekeeper telling me no, I decided to create my own path, to create my own lane and to do it on my own and to start this women empowerment organization. And with three, within three months, we were one of the most popular hip hop websites in the world. And the same DJs who wouldn't pay me minimum wage were calling me up to promote their parties. And I was side by side on their flyers. So I was on every flyer with DJ Camillo and DJ Funk Master Flex and, uh, you know, getting paid just like them to be at these parties. And it was like, I just skipped over the line by creating my own lane and creating my own path. And all of a sudden, instead of being their little intern, I was their peer and everybody had so much more respect for me because I did it on my own. So it was like creating that own lane, creating that own path. Same thing with Young and Profiting Podcast. I won't get into the story of why I started it. But essentially, I was working in corporate and I was up for this big internal promotion for this organization that I was leading called the Young Employee Network. And I was supposed to be the global president of 7,000 young employees across the world at HP. And I was the most qualified. I had been president for two years of my local chapter. I had started my local chapter. I had started this global event called Spirit Week. And I was by far the most qualified and I didn't get it. Um, and they gave it to somebody who had zero experience. 
And that's why I started Young and Profiting Podcast. Because again, I was like, oh crap, I put myself in the same situation just five years later where I was banking on a gatekeeper telling me yes and opening the door for me when in fact I should be creating my own door and creating my own asset that, that I can take with me anywhere, no matter what job I go to or where I go to next. And so that's why I decided to start Young and Profiting Podcast, which just turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. And it, it's always at that point of failure and, you know, realizing that it's some sort of gatekeeper that is preventing me from going forward and realizing that you are actually in control of your life. And once you actually decide that you're in control of your life, that's when really amazing things can happen. That is so incredible. <laughs> I think it's so incredible. You're like, oh, you guys told me no, I'll go build my own thing. And not only will you respect me for it, but I'm going to blow you out of the water. It's going to be, it's going to be the best. Why do you think they kept telling you no? You're so qualified. You're putting in the work, doing all the things. Why, why, why do you think you're not getting the shot from these gatekeepers? To be honest, I, I really don't know. I think... You know, I think that being somebody who's Palestinian is hard. You know, I don't want to use it as like, that's the only reason why. But I think that like, that's definitely been like a red thread throughout my journey. Just, you know, if the wrong person is, is in charge, just me being Palestinian is, is like, oh, well, she can't represent everyone. And so that's been an issue. But at the same time, I've been given a lot of, I've been president of a lot of organizations. So at the same token, like I have been rewarded. The thing is, is that the more talented you are, the more times you get to be at bat and the more times people can say no. So it's like, I feel like it's honestly because I get so many opportunities that so many of them fail and that's okay, you know? Um, and I think it also has to do with the fact that sometimes the people in charge, they might be having a bad day. They might be having personal reasons for, you know, why they might not want me in a position um, like for example, the lady who didn't put me on as the president at HP for this organization that I was very qualified for, she left the company a month later. So it's almost just like chance, you know, had she not been in that position, it might've been a whole different story, but then I, I would have never started young and profiting podcast. So I think everything is fate. And like I said, I think the more talented you are, the more at bats you get and the more times that you're, you know, likely to strike out just because you get more opportunities. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. That's what's up. That's what's up. I love what you're talking about. The resiliency, not allowing those that try to hold us down for whatever reason, not allowing that to be an excuse for us to not be successful, but ultimately turning that into the fuel that fires us to, uh, to build and create right on a massive level. And I, I really admire your, uh, bravery and your strength. You're clearly a bold, human willing to do whatever it takes to win uh, i'm wondering do you ever do you ever is there, do you ever have times where you're just like i don't want to be so dang strong anymore like 
I just, can I just not be the strong one today? Can someone else take the reins on this? Like, do you ever feel that way? Or is it just like, I'm the freaking boss. I'm going to take it day in, day out, no matter what. Honestly, I want to like be relatable and be like, yeah, I, I feel that way sometimes. But I wake up with so much passion and fire in my belly. Like I literally have a hard time sleeping because I love what I'm doing right now. I love that. I'm a full-time entrepreneur following my passions. I love my clients and my podcast and growing my show and my fans. And it's just so exciting because I feel like for a long time, for a while, um, I was trying to impress everybody else. You know, I worked in corporate for several years and thought that I was never going to get back on a mic. And, you know, I had a successful career, but I wasn't really following my passions. And so at that point, Yes, there was days where I was like, I don't feel passionate. This is not what I want to do. I'm not fulfilling my dreams. But now that I am in alignment with my true purpose, I just have such a fire in my belly every day that I feel motivated all the time. So, um, yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think you are relatable in a sense. Um, you know, I, I can relate to that. And, and I'm glad that you pointed that out. It's like when you're in your purpose, when you're in your zone of genius, as Amelia would say, when you're when you're in that spot, you know, sleep is like the last thing you want to do. Right. It's like, come on, let's go. I want to get out there. I want to do bigger. I want to be, do better. So you're you're in you're walking in purpose right now. You're in your zone of genius. You're building uh, you've built this incredible podcast. So what is it about this particular endeavor in this season of your life right now that you're in? What is it that you love so much and what exactly are you doing with this podcast? Yeah. So just for context for people, Young and Profiting Podcast is like my sixth show. So I had a lot of reps, you know, since my 20s. I had online radio shows while I was working at Hot 97. I had online radio shows when I had the sorority of hip hop. We had online radio shows. But all of those shows were, I would like interview people like Chris Brown and Soldier Boy and talk about music and their dating life. And it was all kind of jokes and fun and games. And then when I had, you know, we got signed by MTV and MTV filmed us all summer and I was promised this TV show and MTV was already paying me. And I basically thought that I was going to be the next Snooki. It was right after Jersey Shore. And, and we thought we had made it. And it was basically like the six years of me working in the entertainment industry finally was going to pan, pan through. And MTV pulled the plug last minute and decided not to air our show. And it was like a moment of devastation for me. And I decided that I was done with the entertainment industry. I was never going to get back on a mic. And so I just went back to school, I got, got my MBA, I got a 4.0, and I started my corporate career very late. Like, Of I was, course you got a 4.0, of course you did. <laughs> yeah, well, that, my undergrad, I did terrible because all I cared about was Hot 97 and got like a 2.3, so I'm not that great. But when I got my MBA, I, I uh, made it right. Um, so I ended up getting a job in corporate and literally thought that I was never going to do entertainment again. Like I thought that I was just going to be a normal person, be in marketing. And um, when I did decide to start my podcast again, I decided I was going to do something with a lot more meaning. So before, like I said, it was all fun, games, just entertainment. And this time around, I decided I was going to 
try to teach people how to be young and profiting because I struggled my whole young life trying to make money following my dreams. And then I actually learned how to make money work like and rise up in corporate and invest in stocks and stuff like that. And I was like, well, I have so much to teach now. And I know how to do broadcasting. I know how to produce a show. I know how to edit and, you know, have some connections. And now let me merge this business and broadcasting passions of mine and start something new. And I think the good intentions, because my main purpose wasn't to make money because I was already making money in my full-time job. My main purpose was going to try to help young people become successful because I had a very rocky path to success. And so I think just having those good intentions is what set me off on the right foot for Young and Profiting because by the time it was episode eight, I literally had 10 volunteers in a Slack channel working on my podcast who are obsessed with my podcast and working for free for me, you know, 20 hours a week, trying to help me grow my show. And it just, um, you know, it was, it was steady growth for the first two years. And then, uh, you know, last year we had like hockey stick growth and it was kind of just, um, a long time coming. And like I said, I think it was just the good intentions that I had in terms of wanting to spread positivity and do something positive for the world. Yeah, I think that's key, right? If you go into um, if you're going into the podcast world because you think you're going to get that Joe Rogan check, you you, you might you might want to rethink that. <laughs> you might want to rethink that and just make sure that you're doing it for a passion reason. And if all the other things come, all the other things come. So when it comes to young and profiting, and you talked about teaching young people how to build wealth, how to make money. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see young people making when it comes to this area? And what are some of the solutions that you help provide? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So I think one of the things that young people do is that they start an idea without testing it. So one of the things that I always talk about is how to start a side hustle. I actually started a seven-figure side hustle while I was working full-time at Disney streaming services called Yap Media, which is the company that I run now. And um, just like me, when I was young and I started a blog site, it was a great idea and we got popular, but I had no strategy to monetize it. And so that's why it failed in the end. And so basically making sure that you have viable business opportunities before you get too far down the path. Um, and we talk about many different things. It's like each week is a new topic and I interview a new expert, whether that's how to get better sleep or how to become more productive or better manage your schedule, um, learning about really important topics. Like for example, uh, late tonight, I'm going to be doing a series on, ending human trafficking and, and everything that you need to know about the current situation with human trafficking and what you can do to kind of help end it. So just like a positive message in each show and every show kind of helps you grow and get better as a human, both professionally and personally. I love that. I think that's awesome that you're serving in such a powerful way, the next generation, helping them put those pieces together. So you've been around a lot of successful people, highly successful people in the would you say, is there like a formula like A plus B equals C that you see consistently across uh, these successful entertainers as well as uh, your, your success? 
Yeah, I think the key with being successful is a actually believing in yourself. I think that you really can't get much done if you yourself don't believe in you, because if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to believe in you? Um, you know, that energy rubs off on other people. So I think that having that level of confidence and trust in yourself and building that confidence and trust through your actual experiences so that you have a foundation um, that gives you the confidence that you need to succeed is really important. I also think that um, believing that life is limitless and there's no bounds to your success is really important because that allows you to um, not just be blocked by the obstacles in your life, but actually come up with creative solutions to overcome those obstacles. And I think part of success is not seeing obstacles as challenges, but as opportunities for you to actually um, figure out how to get around them and work with them to succeed. And I think that having that mindset of abundance to believe that life is limitless is also a key part of success. I also think being grounded enough to understand your priorities and, and being on the ground, so to speak, where you know everything that's going on in your business or and, uh, you know, not afraid to roll up your sleeves, get dirty, and then figure out what your priorities are and delegating the things that aren't necessarily going to move the needle forward or aren't the best use of your time and figuring out like where you need to play and not being afraid to pivot to that sooner than later where you grow and scale a team so that you can continue to move things forward and build things bigger and bigger. So I think that priorities, building a team, all of that is really important as well in terms of success. Boom. I'm over here taking notes like crazy. All right. I'm like, all right. So first you got to believe in yourself. That's a, for those of you that are in the back listening right now, right? Believe in yourself. That's number one. Understand that it is limitless, right? Boundless. You can reach as high as you want to reach, but at the same time, make sure that you're grounded, which I always use, uh, a metaphor of like a kite, right? Like my wife is like at the bottom holding the string, keeping me grounded, but she lets me fly high, but she helps steer me out of trouble, which leads into what you were just talking about, building a team and making sure you have a great team of humans around you. That way you can make uh, some fearless and bold moves sometimes and know that you're not in this game alone, right? You're not running it solo, uh, leaning, leaning on other folks. So I love that. I think that's a great equation for success. It's one that you are clearly applying in many different uh, avenues, many different lanes in your life. I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, Clubhouse. So here you are on Clubhouse, crushing it over here. You've made this move. Obviously, this is kind of a, it's a new phenomenon, but it's not, right? Like audio is how we started when everybody used to sit around the uh, the radios back in the in the 50s right and so the voice has been telling stories educating and impacting for as long you know far longer than video or or any of this any of this other stuff so it's not necessarily new but in this format it definitely is new so what do you see when it comes to clubhouse and the future of uh audio based social media platforms yeah, I think that's a great question. I have fallen in love with Clubhouse. I think it is such a great platform. And I love how it's really bringing together the audience and the hosts in a new way that is more interactive than ever. And um, I really feel like social audio has a place to stay. 
Um, in terms of the current market, you know that there's so many different apps that are competing against Clubhouse. Um, Twitter Spaces, I think, is the most competitive. And then Mark Cuban has Fireside. And there's all these different copycats coming out. But I personally am still bullish on Clubhouse. I am spending at least two hours a day on this app trying to make sure that I grow my following. And I think that it really works hand in hand with podcasting. So what I've been doing is recording a lot of live episodes um, where I interview either a celebrity or a panel of experts, and then I replay it on my podcast. And I've been getting a lot of new subscribers from Clubhouse to my podcast. And so I don't see it as competition to podcasting. I see it really working hand in hand. And um, the other thing that I've noticed is that it's really helping accelerate my network. So I have a very big following on LinkedIn. And for a long time, my network was really centered around influencers on LinkedIn. And I knew everybody who was somebody on LinkedIn. But outside of that, I didn't really know the other players in the podcasting space, the other players in the audio space. And Clubhouse has accelerated those connections for me where now I do know a lot of the bigger podcasters who are on Instagram or TikTok or, or Clubhouse itself. And I feel like it has shortened the time frame it would have taken me to meet all these people. Like I believe that I would have eventually met everybody, whether it was at an in-person conference or whatever it was, but it just accelerated my network and accelerated all these opportunities for me. And for that, I'll always be grateful for Clubhouse. And I just think that in terms of the sense of community and um, the relationships that have strengthened from this app, I think that's also something that's pretty underrated. Uh, you know, for example, me and you met on this app and we've had several conversations both on it and offline. And I don't think that would have ever happened or at least not in the near future had it not been for this app. So. Um, I, like I said, still really bullish on Clubhouse. I do feel like the fanfare has sort of died down, but that's okay. It's still a super new app. I think that um, as people start going out in the real world, we're going to start noticing, you know, ebbs and flows in terms of the people who are on this app and what time they're on this app. But I think that we're just going to have to monitor it and, um, you know, be consistent, just like a podcast where we have shows at a certain time where people can kind of fit it into their routine. And we're just going to have to navigate how this evolves because it is going to evolve. But then I think it's going to um, like standardize a bit where we'll kind of better able, we'll be better able to judge what a room is going to be like. Because right now you can start a room and, and it's really rolling the dice. And I think that hopefully it starts getting a little bit more predictable, uh, which is what I hope as a creator. Yeah, definitely. We, we, we like predictability, right? We definitely mm -hmm. like that. Let's dive in a little bit further. I said something somewhat controversial the other day and kind of made, made a couple of people mad. And uh, I, didn't, I didn't mean to, but, but, but I did. And just being all honesty. So let's dive in a little bit further. You talked about kind of the fanfare, the reduction. Um, of fanfare here on on Clubhouse, right? We had that huge surge, and then it kind of calmed down, and then uh, the numbers fluctuating, unpredictable, so on and so forth. And I was in a room, and some people were talking, and they were like, well, part of the reason for that is there are a lot of people that are curating or creating rooms that don't necessarily have a voice for, for podcasting or don't know how to moderate, don't know how to uh, run a room, don't know how to make it engaging, like... 
you know, like there's just a, a lot of, and my, my thoughts were not everyone is necessarily built the same way, right? Like not everyone should be a TV star. Not everyone is a musician. Not everyone is the best podcaster in the world. And so I kind of mentioned that and some people got really upset and we were just like, nope, everybody should have a voice. Everybody should open their own rooms. What do you, what do you think about that? Is this, is social or I'm sorry, is, yes, is, is audio social platforms for everyone? Can everyone win in this game? So I feel that there shouldn't be any restrictions for people to want to get their practice and want to get their reps in. I feel like the way that an app like this is going to win is if the algorithm supports good content creators that can retain an audience. And if they design the algorithm so that most people see the best room so they stay on the app longer, because that's the goal of any app is to keep their users on for as long as possible. So I feel that as long as the algorithm promotes rooms that have retained listeners, which would mean that hopefully it's good content, then I think we're okay because it's kind of like the app manages itself. But as it stands now, like I said, it seems to be sort of like a crapshoot. Like you never know, even if it's a room that has done so well in the past, you never know if there's some glitch and for some reason, you know, nobody gets notified of the event or whatever it is. I think that Clubhouse really needs to iron out those kinks so good content creators don't start to get scared that it's too risky to run an event on this app, especially once you have sponsors. So like, for example, for me, I'm starting to get sponsors on this app for my rooms. And sometimes I get like butterflies in my stomach, like, oh, I really hope that this is normal today. <laughs> like, Otherwise, I'm going to have to some explaining to do, you know. And so I think making it a little bit more predictable and uh, so that good content creators feel safe to run their events on this app is going to be really important because if another competitor comes along that actually gets, you know, a lot of daily or monthly active users in their app and people start flocking to it and they have all the features that we're looking for and the algorithm is more predictable, all the good content creators are going to move there because they want to make sure that they're able to, to deliver on what they promise to sponsors and guests and things like that. So I think, I think those are two really important things that this app, needs to kind of work on in order to keep all the good content creators on here. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're spot on. I think you're touching on it uh, very, very, very clearly, right? The, the, the top creators, the ones in the, in, that have studied and that have put in the hard work and that are creating those channels and those opportunities for sponsorships or to support sponsors uh, definitely need consistent, reliable data uh, otherwise, it's like, Lucy, you got some explaining to do, right? And we don't want to have to get into any of all that. And that's probably me aging myself in this particular room. But um, <clears throat> with that said, uh, what I would like to do real quick is I am going to uh, ask you kind of a, a, a big question. And then I'm going to reset the room and then I'm going to open it up if you don't mind. We'll let some... Some other people get in here. I've been extremely selfish this morning, keeping you all to myself. Um, but we will let a couple other folks jump on in here. But first, I want to do something real fast. I just want to put you on top of a mountain, all right? You are on top of a mountain. 
and all of civilization is at the base of this mountain, right? And they're all cheering. They're all cheering your name. And they're not saying Hala. They're saying Hala, 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 right? They're cheering for you. And they walk over. Someone walks over. They hand you a microphone. And they say, you have two minutes to drop some practical application wisdom on all civilization, something they can apply in their life today, this week, this month, this year. What would you tell them? I'm going to circle back to one of the lessons that I talked about earlier, and that's if you are getting rejected, if you feel like it's not working, you're not able to move forward in your life, you're not getting opportunities, step back and look at if there is a gatekeeper telling you no, and if you're waiting for somebody to open the door for you. If you feel like that's what's happening and these and nobody's opening the door, don't go look for a new gatekeeper. Don't just go look for somebody with a different name and a different title and a different industry. Think about what you truly want and figure out how you can start taking the steps to do it on your own. Even if it's a side hustle, you know, you can spend 10 hours a week on a side project or you can spend 20 hours a week. It will, you'll still get to the same destination. It just might take a little longer and there's no timeline for success. You can take as long or as little as you need to get to where you want to go as long as you start getting on the path. And so what I would say is that, you know, if you're failing, if things aren't working out, take a look and see if it's a gatekeeper that is telling you no. And if it is, realize that you do not need anybody to give you permission to follow your dreams. You could do it on your own. You can start making the moves so that you actually create your own assets you actually own whatever you're trying to build so that you have control over how successful or unsuccessful it's going to be and for me every time i've taken that approach and every time i failed it was because i was waiting for somebody to give me an opportunity instead of taking that opportunity myself so that's the advice that i'd give to everyone here today and i think that's great advice you don't need permission folks you don't need permission to step into your greatness, to step, in, step into your genius. It's limitless. It's boundless. You can go out there. You can create. You can build your own stage. If they won't give you a stage, build your own. I'm a big, big, big fan of that, and I'm a big fan of yours. Uh, Hala, you're amazing, super amazing. I'm going to reset the room. Before I do, what is the best way for all my friends here to connect with you, to learn from you, uh, with the things that you're working on moving forward so they can follow your journey? What's the best way for all that? Yeah, so I am very active on this app itself. Uh, if you guys want to learn about podcasting and how to grow a number one show, I have podcast office hours every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can tap the bell for always so you always know when I open up that room. I also do live Young and Profiting interviews. So like I said before, tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern in the Human Behavior Club, I'll be doing a human trafficking event to raise awareness about that. Next week, I'm doing a negotiation panel with Chris Voss, who's like a, a very famous negotiation expert. Um, and then I also started a new room called the Audio Newsroom, which is daily audio and podcasting news every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So really cool stuff. Always hosting events in this app. And then in terms of Young and Profiting, you can find us on every single platform. And I interview the brightest minds in the world. So I've interviewed Matthew McConaughey, Seth Godin, Robert Greene. Mark Manson, you name it. And, um, you know, we have two interviews a week 
and it's a way for you to improve your life. And it's for all ages. You know, some of my most diehard fans are over 50 years old. So it's a really mature, smart conversation. I do a whole ton of research. And so you'll always leave those episodes learning something new, no matter how old or experienced you are. So you can check out Young and Profiting Podcast and, um, yeah, I would say those are the two main ways. And then I also own a marketing and podcast production agency called Yap Media. And we really focus on uh, serving CEOs, best-selling authors, and celebrities. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah. And you're how old? I am in my early 30s. <laughs> not, not too, too young. I'm right in the middle. I feel like I could speak to all generations. Well, you're 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 super super young, but your your resume and your accolades and what you've built is so impressive, so impressive. It's like you've had an extra forty years in those thirty years of life, uh, which is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Sorry, I got babies. I'm trying to move around the house, and the babies are following me. Um, there's babies everywhere over here. I got I got seven babies in this house. It's crazy, and I've got fifty thousand bees in this house. We have a uh, a bee, a bees, a swarm of bees has made their way into our walls right above my office. And it is crazy. There's bees everywhere. So uh, but enough about me. Let me go ahead and reset this room real quick. And we'll do a little Q&A. Hey, this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We're here Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. till 11 a.m. Eastern time, bringing you motivation, education, inspiration, and an opportunity to be a fly on the wall or maybe ask a question with some of these amazing superhumans from all all around the world. We're also here on Saturdays from 6 to noon, and Sundays we have our Club 111 Sunday service. That's at 1.11 p.m. Eastern Time every Sunday, and that is a full-on worship service. For those of you that that's your jam, make sure you come join us. It's worship, it's prayer, it's a sermon, and it is absolutely fire. Do me a huge favor. We still got plenty to go here on Breakfast with Champions, so hit that plus sign in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. We would love it if you would invite some of your friends. We do believe that if you can change the way you start your day, it'll make a massive impact in your life. And sometimes all it takes is for you to hit that plus button to change the way somebody starts their day. And they'll be the one looking back at you going, thank you so much for that day when you brought us into that room so we could listen to Hala and it changed our lives. So hit that plus sign. Also, you're going to want to follow our club up there at the top. That way you know of other rooms that we open. We have rooms every once in a while in the evenings. We've got the social media show that runs after this room. we got a lot of things going on, so make sure you're following our club up there in the corner. And then I would also like you to draw your attention to the screen. If you look about three rows down right there in the middle, you'll see the Breakfast with Champions silver logo. That guy right there, that girl right there, whatever you want to call it, that is our connection to our Breakfast with Champions Instagram page. So go ahead and click on that. You can go down. You can see our Instagram. Follow us on Insta. This is where you'll see all the news of what's going on with Breakfast with Champions. You can learn more about our speakers. You can learn more about the celebrities. You can learn about events that we're going to be having going on in the future. All of those things. So you're going to want to be connected with us on Instagram at our Breakfast with Champions Club Instagram page. So make sure you connect with us there. Last but not least, I hope you're enjoying this particular room. I don't ever want you to walk out of here empty-handed. So if you need some help with your morning routine, we have created a resource. 
you can go to themorning5.com. That's themorning5.com, and you can download my free ebook, which will tell you a little bit more about me and also breaks down five simple steps that you can do every single day that will lead you to an extraordinary life. That's just my gift to you for you being here uh, today. I really appreciate you. With that said, I'm going to go ahead and open the hand raiser. And if you have a question for my friend, just go ahead and let me know. Uh, go ahead and raise your hand. Also, we're going to do some mic flashes for my speakers and mods up here. So while we're uh, grabbing some people out of the audience, go ahead and flash your mics if you have a question. Uh, we're going to go with Shannon first. And then we'll go to Melissa. Hi. Go ahead, Shannon. Hi, good morning, everyone. Good morning, champions. Hello, I follow you on LinkedIn, and I think you're absolutely incredible. What's the best advice you can give someone who wants to be as successful as you are? Thank you, Shannon. I really appreciate those kind words. Um, I would say that I think finding what really burns the fire inside of you is really important. I think that one of the reasons why I've been able to grow my company so quickly and this specific podcast so quickly is because I am so passionate about it that work doesn't feel like work anymore. Um, I just love what I'm doing every day, even if it is hard work and I, I'm you know, working 16 hour days or whatever it is, I feel so motivated and so fulfilled because it's so rewarding. You know, and it's just so exciting for me every day, all these navigating all these opportunities. And it's, I've just found something that I'm really passionate about. So I think getting experiences, especially if you're younger, um, making sure that you get a lot of experiences. I feel like I've done so many different jobs. Like I've probably had 40 jobs in my life already. And I think it's leaning into the experiences that you really enjoy and also taking the skills from each one of those experiences and like stacking them together to come up with your dream career. I feel like if everybody could do that, they would be living their passion and their purpose. So for example, um, I have stacked so many different skills over the years. I had a blog site, so I've written over 4,000 blogs. I took that experience to basically become one of the biggest influencers on LinkedIn by turning my writing into a superpower that helped me motivate and inspire people. And it was because I had so much practice writing when I owned a blog. So when I first started on LinkedIn, I wasn't even posting pictures or videos. I was just writing because that was my best skill at the time. And nobody cared about who I was yet. And so I just needed to inspire and motivate people. And so, um, I worked in corporate and learned all this stuff about social media. I then used that knowledge to kind of build young and profiting podcasts. I, like I said before, I had five or six radio shows before I started the podcast. So I took all that experience and put it into the podcast. I had business experience and got an MBA. So I used that and, and, and use that in my elements of my journey. So it's basically making sure you get experiences so you can figure out what you like. And then also getting experiences so that even if you fail, you can then use those skills later on to kind of stack them together and design your dream career. And that's what I've done with my marketing agency and Young and Popping Podcast. It's literally a dream career that I made up for myself. And so that's what I would suggest if, if you really want to be waking up every day with a fire in your belly uh, like I am today is, is basically figuring out 
what you love and getting the experiences to actually do it. Beautiful. I love it. Yeah, I think that's beautiful advice. I love it. Let's go to Melissa. Thanks so much, Glenn. Hello, Hala. So good to see you here in the room this morning. Glenn, great choice to interview Hala. She is one of the most amazing people I've met on Clubhouse and very lucky I get to share many stages with her because she truly is not just a talented woman, but just a very giving human being. And I think she's awesome. Hala, you killed it. I loved your interview. But I would love to know in your perspective, in your opinion, do you think that the podcasting industry is already saturated or do you think we're just getting started? We'd love your perspective on that. No, I think we're just getting started. So I definitely do not think that it's saturated. When I started my podcast in 2018, everybody told me I was crazy and that it was too late. And I was on the cover of Podcast Magazine this past January. So even in 2018, people were telling me it's too late. Um, so no, I definitely don't think it's too late. To give you some idea, 50% of people in America still don't listen to podcasts and 25% of people don't even know that podcasts exist. Um, the other thing I'd say is that I think that we're gonna start paying attention more to international markets. So for example, like Latin America is growing super fast when it comes to their podcast consumption and they like and prefer to listen to their podcasts in English. And so, you know, just the international opportunity, it, it's only really mature in the US and it's still not really mature yet in the US. So I think there's so much room to grow in terms of the ears that are out there and I think that in order to succeed as a podcaster, your goal is to actually stand out. So I don't recommend that you come out with a show that's exactly like every other show out there. But if you can stand out, like, for example, if you have a daily show or if you have a podcast that's two minutes long every day instead of 40 minutes long and kind of separate yourself out there. Or if you design a podcast that's for a specific part of somebody's daily routine. Um, you can stand out that way. So I think it's a matter of figuring out how you differentiate yourself. Um, maybe it's a specific niche audience that you're going to target, but I definitely think that um, if anything, podcasting is growing. If anything, I think content creators are making more money than ever. And not only that, a lot of these um, older platforms like Apple and Spotify, they're losing market share by the day. And so only 30% of people listen to their podcasts on Apple. A lot of these super successful podcasters, the majority of their following is on platforms like Apple. So for example, uh, Lewis Howes, who has been podcasting for 12 years, or Jordan Harbinger, all these podcasters that have been around for a long time, their main platform is Apple. But if you're smart and you focus on the other apps, like for example, I have over 100,000 subscribers on CastBox. It's like, there's so much more opportunity because there are a lot of users on all these other apps. And a lot of these experienced older podcasters are still only focused on Apple. And so I think there's a lot of opportunities internationally, uh, focusing on other apps and not, and realizing that Apple's not the only game in town. And, um, I think, like I said, I think there's plenty of opportunity left for podcasting and podcasters in general. I love it. And I love Castbox. That's where I listen to all of my <laughs> podcasting is with Castbox. So great, great, great. Um, advice and great insight. And yes, I believe that there is no shortage of opportunity uh, in the podcast world. That's for sure. Mrs. Victoria, you had a question. Let's go to Charles. I, there I she is. Go, go ahead, Victoria. 
Was that me, Victoria? I'm sorry, the stage. I, I didn't know if it was myself in the red. Yeah, that's you. Uh-huh. Oh, hi. Victoria in <laughs> Thank the red. You. Hi. Thank you. I'm consider. I'm Victoria, and I'm considering doing a podcast, or at least a lot of people are telling me to. My question is, is it better to do one weekly or daily? Is there is there a best time of day even to do one? I'm Victoria. I'm done speaking. Hi, Victoria. This is a very frequently asked question, and what I'll say is that there's no you know golden ticket when it comes to the formula to launch your podcast. There's no like this day, this time, this length, this frequency. It doesn't work that way. Your goal is to actually stand out whatever way that you do that, whether it's from your niche, whether it's from your frequency or the length. Um, you actually want to make sure that you stand out. You want to make sure that you have good SEO, that your name of your podcast is searchable um, and that people can find you organically in the app because 40% of people are actually looking for their podcasts in the app, not on social media, not on Google. It's actually in the app. So your podcast name and the names of the episodes that you have in the app and, and all the words that you have uh, in your podcast throughout the show notes and things all really, really matter because it, it helps you be searchable within the app itself. So I would say that my guidance for you is to do as much as you can in terms of content, like the more content, the better. If you can do weekly, that's great. If you can do, you know, twice a week, that's better. But only if you can do equally as much marketing as production. So I always say the formula is 50% production, 50% marketing. A lot of people think that they can start a podcast and that people are just going to randomly find them. Yes, you can get some organic SEO, but you cannot just bank on that. And you need to make sure that you have a marketing strategy and that you're learning everything in terms of the algorithms for these platforms and how they work, um, how to drive social media users to subscribe to your podcast, how to uh, use media buying, for example, to build your uh, listener base and things like that. And I would suggest that you do as much content as you can, as long as you can spend equally as much time marketing your podcast, because a lot of podcasters they'll have 50 episodes out 20 in the can and get 50 downloads an episode there's what's the point of doing that to keep putting out episodes that nobody is going to listen to and so i would say that you know ramp up your frequency of episodes in line with your resources in terms of being able to execute on any marketing initiatives that you have thank you very much that helps a lot thank you of course you're a rock star. You are amazing. Tracy. Good morning, Breakfast with Champions. Thank you so much uh, for this conversation this morning, Glenn. What an amazing interview. Hello, Thank Hava. you. Yeah, she's Hello. awesome. Yes, she is. I love your passion, Holla, your energy. You're such an inspiration. Um, my question is, my son, who is an accountant, um, he's also a huge sports enthusiast, and he's going to be starting a podcast um, within the next couple of weeks. So I, my question is, um, and you've, you've already touched on this a little bit, what uh, success tip can you give to help him get off to a great start with his podcast? Um, he just came up with the name for it. It's called Game Time Decision. 
what is the, uh, I guess, one success tip that you can give to help him grow um, as a new podcast host? Sure. So what I would say is that he needs to be really strategic about his launch. I think the first month of a podcast will kind of dictate your long-term success. And it's better to wait and be really ready and prepared than it is to just like kind of, you know, shoot everything off and hope that it's going to stick or, or gain any sort of traction. So one of the things I would suggest is that he um, records maybe six or eight podcasts before he actually launches, launches his show. Uh, maybe he uses four of them and two of them, um, you know, might not make the cut in terms of quality and that he launches three or four podcasts at a time once he decides to launch his podcast, because the way that the podcast algorithms work is that it tallies up your total downloads over, let's say like seven to 14 days. And if you launch with just one episode, you can only have that many downloads. Whereas if you launch with four episodes, people can binge and then he may start ranking in the apps, which is great for uh, visibility. Cause like I said, 40% of people are finding their podcast in the actual app. So you want to make sure that you're ranking in these apps. The other thing that he can do is, is start a campaign so that he can ensure that he gets lots of reviews in his first week and lots of subscribers. So figuring out some sort of giveaway or contest that's going to drive reviews, making sure that all of your family, your friends, uh, you know, commit to writing him a review and sharing his podcast, creating assets. Um, I would suggest in like story size that you share out to your community um, and ask them to uh, promote his podcast and just doing like really street, like uh, it reminds me of like street team type stuff where you're really grassroots and, and just getting everybody who supports your son to support the launch of his podcast to make, you know, the first week or two have as big of a splash as possible. So that's what I would suggest in terms of somebody launching a new podcast. Thank you. Now you mentioned launching three or four at a time. So are you saying releasing three or four episodes in one day or? Yes. So on your launch day, starting off with like the first uh, three or four episodes, maybe the first episode is an introduction to the podcast itself and then having three of the uh, formatted episodes uh, available for binge listening. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I really okay. appreciate that. And I'm going to share that with him and I might even have him reach out to you if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. And I, I host uh, lots of educational training events on Clubhouse too. Thank you very much. This is Tracy and I'm done. Thank you so much. God bless. Thanks, Tracy. I'm dropping a masterclass right there. That's what that was. A little quick masterclass. I love it. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to go to one more and then we're going to, we're going to uh, end here at nine. Good morning. Uh, yeah. So we need to make it quick. So I believe Jasmine was the next one that I pulled up. Okay. Hi, good morning. Who was that, that was speaking? That was billionaires. I'm sorry, but I, I can wait. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, Jasmine. Hi, good morning. Um, that was a great interview. Um, I just have a question on, on uh, you spoke about having a fire in your belly. So I feel like I have, well, I do have a fire for so many things. And we've been talking about making sure you stay in your own lane or if you, it's okay to go into a different lane and um, just to try it out to see if it works. But I really have a passion for so many things. And then coming off of having a clouded headspace for so long, and then you get out of that headspace 
and then if you feel like your head is clear but then you have all these ideas popping in your head of what you should do and where you should be how do you how do you decipher through those things hey champions guess what the breakfast with champions podcast airs live every single day 5 a.m to 11 a.m only on the clubhouse app so make sure to download clubhouse and go check out breakfast with champions you're not gonna regret it see you there that's a really good question so i think that sometimes you need to be realistic so i'll give you an example my whole life when I was younger, like I thought I was going to be a singer, right? I, I sang every day. That was like my passion. I was so good at it. When I was in college, I started writing music. I thought that this was for me. And then I quickly realized that I didn't necessarily want to use be a singer, but um, I wanted to use my voice. And I did like being like the star and like having shine. And I did like all those things, but I didn't like a lot of things about music. And I felt like, at the end of the day, I had a great voice, but I was certainly not Whitney Houston or Christina Aguilera. I didn't have the best voice in the world and I wasn't the best dancer in the world. And so I realized that my chances of success were really slim and that I probably have a really hard, long journey. Maybe I would have made it, but um, I wasn't necessarily 100% confident and I knew that it was gonna be a really hard journey. So I pivoted into broadcasting which took a lot of what I liked about music, but wasn't necessarily the same exact path. So I think being open to taking slightly different paths because not every passion is gonna work out. Not every passion is gonna be monetizable or is even a smart thing for you to pursue. Um, some things are just meant to be a hobby. They're not actually business ideas. And so I think you hit a sweet spot when you are passionate about something and it's a viable business opportunity, when those two things collide, then you're on the right track. But you can't just always blindly follow your passion because not every passion is worth being a business. And so I think being open-minded to the fact that, you know, there's lots of different passions that you have and some of them you can make money and a career out of and some of them you can't. And so experimenting and trying out business ideas um, in a small like experimental way so that you can start to get an idea in terms of what passions of yours actually have um, some ground in terms of making money off of them. So uh, that's what I would suggest to you, like start to write down all the things that you enjoy and then maybe some of the business ideas that align to it and then start testing it in a small way to see if you can get like one paying customer for some of these passions and then make it two, three, four, and then you kind of know that there's some demand. Um, but that's what I would suggest. I would suggest that you kind of get everything down on paper, really start to understand what you're good at, and then analyze if, with what is the most realistic way for you to have a path to success while also being really passionate and interested in that path. So. Uh, that's what I would recommend to you if that's helpful. I don't know about you, but I think I'm Beyonce. So no, I'm just kidding. But thank, <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate that feedback. <laughs> I love it. Great questions and great wisdom, great advice. We have rolled into the nine o'clock hour. We've got to let Holly go. 
Uh, I apologize, billionaires. Maybe you can connect with her on Instagram. Go ahead and ask your question in the back channel. That would be awesome. But with that said, if you would, please, will you please flash your mics for our incredible guest this morning, Miss Hala Taha. Go ahead and flash those mics, flash those mics, flash those mics. That's what I'm talking about. What a beautiful, beautiful opportunity we've had this morning to share this space with you. You have been absolutely amazing. I am so thankful for you. Uh, everybody here on Breakfast with Champions, if you'll do me a favor, make sure you're following uh, Hala, obviously, right here on Clubhouse. But blow her up today. Like, blow her up today. I want her inbox full of people. Just anything that you got out of the session today, let her know about it. Express your gratitude. Encourage what she's doing. She's fierce. She's powerful. She's making an impact. And I just would love it. It would mean the world to me if you would show her all of the all of your support and connect with her and just really pour into her today. Hala, thank you so much for being with us. This has been incredible. Thank you so much, Glenn. This was such a fun interview, and you are just such a genuine, amazing person. And thank you so much for all that you do here on Clubhouse and outside of it. You're, you're amazing. Thank you. Thank you, and I'm excited to talk to you more going forward. I know you and I will be talking very, very soon, so I'm excited for that. So thank you for the connection. Thank you for this morning. We're going to go ahead and reset this room, and I'm going to be handing it over, I believe, to Barbara Majeski this morning. So do me a huge favor. Before we reset the room, go ahead and flash those mics. We've got a lot of people on the stage, and so go ahead. If you are here and can hear the sound of my voice, flash those mics. Otherwise, we will do a little shifting around and uh, kind of clean this stage up just a little bit. So don't stop flashing. Keep flashing. Keep flashing. Keep flashing. If you are here, keep flashing. Keep flashing. There we go. I see my man Damien in the house. Great to see you, Damien. Go ahead and keep flashing. Keep flashing. Keep flashing. Go ahead. If you accidentally get moved, just let me know in, in the back channel and I can pull you back up if I need to. Keep flashing that mic. Keep flashing that mic. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Yeah, my goodness. A lot of people on stage today. Keep flashing. Keep flashing. Keep flashing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, network connection was lost. Okay. Keep going. Good. Lots of mic flashes. Okay, I see Heather. Okay, good. I see Kate. Wow, wow, wow. And I see Betty and Daniel are here. Great to see them. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, all right. We did some cleaning up there. All right. With that done, this is Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We're here Monday through through Friday from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Saturdays from 6 to noon, and Sundays we've got our fabulous Club 111. <laughs> Who said that? Somebody just sent me a message. I, I didn't, I must not have seen your flash. I'll get you back up in just a second. Give me just a second. Uh, but make sure uh, to tune in to our Club 111 on Sundays. If that's your jam. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, we also would ask that you join our club up there at the top. Make sure you can get notified anytime we open rooms anywhere around the app because we do a lot. Uh, we do we, we do a lot of those. So make sure you join our club. Super, super important. And then if you look on your screen, you'll see the Silver Breakfast with Champions badge there in the middle. Go ahead and click on that and connect to our Instagram. That way you can stay in the know, learn more about all of our different speakers and moderators and guests 
guests, uh, any events that we have going on, so on and so forth. You're going to want to follow us over on Instagram. Trust me, that is going to be your news, your Breakfast with Champions news in a very entertaining and engaging way. It's awesome, all right? So make sure you connect with us there. And then, of course, you're going to want to network with other people in the room. So look to your left, look to your right, look above you, look below you, look at all those different places, and make sure you connect. You can either serve them or they might be able to serve you, right? So you're going to want to make those connections. Super important. Before I hand it over, I want to say hello to Mr. Daniel Levin. Haven't had a chance to speak with you before, but I love what it says in your profile. Mr. Daniel, thanks for joining us here on Breakfast with Champions. Thank you so much for saying hello. Love being here and look forward to getting to know you more. Yes, I look forward to that as well. You guys click on Daniel and look at his profile. Pretty crazy. We're going to have to, Daniel, I think we're going to have to set up a full-on interview sometime. I would love that. That's so kind of you. Thank you. Hey, hey, Glenn, this is Alexander. Daniel is absolutely hands down one of the dopest people I've ever met, and he is a storyteller. And the way he gets you, I mean, you feel like you're in the story. He's one of the best speakers I've ever had the pleasure of speaking. I love you, Daniel, and I'm so happy to see you here. This is Alexander, and I'm done speaking. Alexander, thank you so very, very much. What a kind thing to say. I so appreciate you and love your brother. Thank you. Super excited for that. That's going to be amazing. I also want to say good morning to uh, Betty Golko. How are you, Betty? Great to see you this morning. All righty, Betty going once, Betty going twice. All right, we'll check back in with Betty here in just a second. All right, with that said, I'm going to hand the mic over to the one and only Miss Barbara Majeski. Barbara, the mic is yours. Good morning. Thanks, Glenn. And that was an amazing interview. I mean, honestly, a total masterclass. And uh, thank you so much for bringing her in here. I know we got just got a ton out of that. Um, so I'm taking over for Danielle Delgado for this next hour. And I know there's so many fans of Danielle. So um, I hope to fill the shoes this morning. And for those who don't know me, I'm Barbara Majeski. I'm known here on Clubhouse as Barbara in the red dress um, because when I first got onto stages, there was a sea of people and I was hoping people could could find me. Um, so now I may be stuck in this red dress for the rest of my experience here on Clubhouse, which is fine. Um, so and I am an on-air television personality. I do all your fun segments. Like last week, I did a Memorial Day segment. I do the Super Bowl, 4th of July, and some of your favorite programs, the Today Show, Inside Edition, uh, Fox and Friends, and uh, I don't know, I was on Texas last week, so I don't even know where I actually was. So um, when you are not hearing me on Clubhouse, you, you might be tuning into me on television, so you can run, but you can't hide. I'm grateful for all my friends here today. Um, I'm just going to share a quick story, especially for all those new people in the audience. You know, the future of this app is all about the newest person that is tuning in. Um, I see all you guys with party hats uh, getting to know the app, and I hope eventually you raise your hand, get up on the stage, ask questions, um, and really fall in love with Clubhouse the way that a lot, so many of us have. Um, and for those who don't know, in 2015, and I'll be brief, um, but it'll get to what my topic is going to be about today, and I'm hoping to engage everybody. In 2015, I was diagnosed with stage three cancer. My kids were in sixth grade, fourth grade, and my daughter was in no grade. She was uh, four years old, and it was on the heels of my marriage completely imploding. And when I was in the middle of my chemo treatments, 
I was bumping up against either my seventh or eighth infusion out of 12. And I didn't think I was going to make it. The problem wasn't so much that the cancer, the cancer didn't bother me. It was the chemo that was starting to really wear me down. And I'd played all my crying cards to my oncologist. And I felt like I was out of the hands of play. Like I just knew they were not going to back down from the level of infusions I was getting. I was 42, three young kids and relatively healthy, except for this you know, stage three diagnosis. And I just... I was sick as could be. I couldn't hold food down and I was bumping up against the next infusion. I just found myself in the fetal position on the bathroom floor in in desperation thinking, I can't believe this is where my story ends. And it kind of reflected on all the things I was really proud of and that what my, my, I was like, how are my kids going to remember me and what are they going to say after I'm gone? And I couldn't believe this is where my story ended. I was like, I can't, I can't believe, I never thought this would be where my story ended. I thought I had so much more to go. And it was in this moment that I made a vow to the universe. I said, just give me one more shot. Just get me out of this. Just, just, I don't know what you need to do. And I don't know what I need to do, but get me to the other side of this and I'll no longer play small. I will no longer <clears throat> allow the voices of self-doubt and fear dictate what I'm going to do. And I will no longer allow the weight of other people's opinions stop me from from pursuing my dreams. Because those were things that I knew in that moment were holding me back or had held me back from really expressing my full, you know, my, my full light, really living in the true authenticity and the true power um, that I could live in. And Alpha 6, I hope you'll, you'll indulge me later on with that quote that I live by. It's the, the power that within us that we're more afraid of. I'd, I'd love for you to pull that out. Um, so <clears throat> in that moment, I just really made a play. Like, just give me one more shot. Give me one more shot. I won't play small. I'll go big. I'll go big. I'll do all the things that I really want to do. And I'll no longer let these voices dictate. And I got through my next infusion by the, the skin of my teeth. I got through the next um, three or four infusions. And it took me a long time to restabilize, to recalibrate and get, you know, my sensibilities back. Um, I lost a lot of brain power. And anybody talks about chemo and chemo brain, it's a real thing. I like I, for a long time, I actually couldn't drive a car because I would get so distracted that I was afraid that I would hurt somebody else and not so much myself. And when I did kind of restabilize, I was like, oh. Well, Babs, you made a big, big ass vow. You said you'd go big. What are you going to do with it? And I consider myself a woman of my word. I consider myself a woman of of action. And I, you know, I really take pride in that those mantras for myself of like just being a woman of my word and being a woman of action. And I was like, all right, Babs, you said you'd go big. What does that mean? And to me, there's nothing bigger. For me, this is my, these are my goals, my aspirations. And I was like, there ain't nothing bigger than the Today Show. I want to go on TV. I was a full-time stay-at-home mother for 15 years. I had never been in front of a camera. Uh, believe it or not, I am actually camera shy. Not video camera shy, but flat leg camera, like taking just flat photos. I am extremely awkward. But I'd never done it. But again, when you make a vow and you make a promise to yourself, and you tell yourself you're a woman of your word, or you're a man of your word, you're a person of your word, 
you walk the walk. And I was on Instagram and I was scrolling Instagram as I always did. And I kept coming across this woman, Amy Rosenblum, and she was on all the programs and she said she was a media trainer. And we've actually got some great media trainers here, Jen Gottlieb, and I'm always sending people your way um, to you and, and your husband. I don't know if he's also on here, um, but I would have called you had you guys come across my feed. And I decided to sell my wedding ring and hire a media trainer. I was like, all right, if I wanna be on TV, I have to figure out how to be on TV by getting trained. And instead of setting, selling that wedding ring and buying myself really something fancy, because by the way, that, that wedding ring, that ring that I sold was a Hail Mary pass that my ex-husband gave to me um, when the marriage fell apart and I got diagnosed with cancer. So I just want no small ring, ladies and gentlemen, it's all ring. So I took my ring and I sold it and instead of buying some sort of fancy jazzy car or 72 new Chanel handbags, I put all bets on me. I was like, I'm all in with me, all in with me. And if I wasn't gonna make it, I wasn't recovered this money, at least I knew I went all in, no regrets. There are no U-Hauls behind the hearses, right? There's no U-Hauls, but I can leave memories and legacy and I wanted my kids to see that. So hired Amy Rosenblum, hired a media trainer, and the rest is history. Would you believe that my first booking was the Today Show? I fell out of the sky and onto the Today Show. Okay, there's a little bit more in there, but I really, my first booking on television was the Today Show. And I have been documenting my uh, second act since the day I got, since the day I started, since the day I sold my wedding ring. I was very, I was more quiet about my cancer. I went through it more privately. I did share it, I, but I just was very, I, I didn't share a lot. I didn't share, there, it was, it was, I was more focused on my recovery and my kids. Um, but once I got out into my second act, I was sharing it behind the scenes. And that's what I want to share this morning. This is what I want to talk about right, right now. I really want to give some real tangible, um, a real tangible list, almost like Danielle Delgado does, like top 10 tips for getting the hell out of your own way and living your best life. And, you know, I want to share what wasn't working me, like I talk about before cancer, BC, you know, before 2015, before my marriage fell apart, which was devastating, and I was in chemotherapy and marriage therapy simultaneously, my eyes were literally crossing from chemotherapy, and we're un unpacking our, our marriage. Um, you know, I, but prior to this, my world's coming apart. It wasn't actually coming apart as much as it was coming together. I didn't realize it at the time. I'm like, why is this happening to me? But in reflection, as we say so many times, I do believe things were happening for me. I was not supposed to stay in that marriage. And let me say this, because I do not identify with failure. You only fail if you don't learn. My marriage was not a failure. I am very grateful for the man that I married and the children that I had and the lessons that I learned. I am a I am a savvier business person because I helped him grow his business and we got heavy into real estate and I just have never stopped doing that. So I have a ton of grace and gratitude. A relationship does not have to be permanent to be successful. Let me repeat that. A relationship does not have to be permanent to be successful. I had a successful marriage. It ran its course. 
Did it end in a, a, a ball of flames? Yes, it did. <laughs> but that's part of my story. That's part of my, you know, experience. These are my scars. And I say scars tell better stories than tattoos. Sorry for all those with tattoos. Um, but that's, that's my truth. My scars tell better stories than my tattoos. And I hope that speaks to somebody today. Um, I, I do want to share that. Um, I think somebody either has a hot mic or is giving me a round of applause and going, hoo hoo. Um, so guys, that's, you know, I really did have to get out of my own way after 2015. And when I no longer had the bandwidth to be somebody I wasn't, I really stepped into being the most authentic version of myself. And I like myself so much better than the phony person I was prior to 2015. Um, so I am grateful for all of my, I'm grateful for my cancer. I'm a better person because I went through it. I live with more compassion, integrity, transparency for all of the crappy crap that I've had to go through. Do I want to go through it again? No. But if it ever comes back, I want everyone to know I went big, that I was a woman of my word. I stepped into my power. I was more willing to fail and then fail to try. And I walked the walk. I'd rather embarrass myself on the most iconic morning program in America than, than not do it at all. I am going to leave this earth with no regrets or no regrets because I just saw the Millers, meet the Millers this week. So guys, again, I'm I'm Barbara Majeski. I just wanted to give you some backstory because it's so important that the newest member in this audience understands where this is all coming from. I really value um, everybody that's here and I appreciate your time. So I want to talk about the tips for getting out of your own way, because that's kind of what I did, and living your best life and being happy. Um, so let me start here. And if you guys want to jump in through any of these tips, I really open um, open, you know, I have open dialogue. Um, and I do love hearing what people have to say. And for me, this is one of my top tips. Um, and even like coming off of that podcast conversation, some people asked, Oh, is it too late to the game? Have I missed the boat? You've never missed the boat. This world is asking you to shine. You need to step into your power. And if you are holding back because you're afraid of what people are going to think or you're in fear of judgment, this is my first top tip for getting out of your own way. People are going to judge you. No matter what you do, you might as well give them something to judge you about. Yes. They are going to judge you. And a quote from Dr. Seuss, people that matter don't mind and people that mind don't matter. I'm going to repeat that because Dr. Seuss for the W today, people that matter, those are the people that you love and love you don't mind. And people that mind don't matter. The people up in your business judging you standing there as spectators, they don't matter. They're going to, everyone judges everybody. Give them something to judge you about. Yeah, I'm in my 40s. I went out on TV. Sometimes I make an ass out of myself. Guess what? Those make the best stories. I am going to be so much fun in the retirement home because I am going to have such a booklet of stories of colossal wins and losses. They're going to be funny and, and, and filled. And those are the stories that we remember. So that's, do you guys agree? Flash your mics. People are going to judge you. Might as well give you, right? I just need Absolutely. to know that you guys are all listening. Absolutely. And, and <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you. And does anybody, you know, I will say, so in 2005, I read The Secret. 
and saw the movie The Secret. And in if you ever read any of these books on law of attraction and um, you know, the secret, it will tell you to write your goals down and you don't hold back. Like you gotta go. You don't just sit there. This is between you and the pen and the paper and your higher self, right? And it is like go all in. In 2005, I wrote down, I want to be on the Today Show. I was a stay-at-home mom to two infants. My previous life, I was a sales director. I ran sales teams across the United States. Never been, and that's what I wrote. I said, I want to be on the Today Show. And I like laughed. I'm like, well, I guess this is going to happen. Things will happen for you. I, I just have to, to share that. But I, between 2005 and 2015, there's a decade there, where the only person holding me back was me. It was just me filling myself with narratives that were not correct. I wasn't smart enough. I wasn't tall enough. I wasn't short enough. I wasn't blonde enough. I wasn't brunette. You name it. I was not enough. It was the narrative I sold to myself. And until I went through cancer treatments and really faced my own mortality, I finally found a way. I was like, I'm no longer living in this false narrative. I'm rewriting the script. And the reason I say this is you do not need to wait until you're confronted with your own mortality to start living out your best life and getting the hell out of your own way. And that's why you're here today. I believe there are people in this audience right now that need, if there's even one person you need to hear this. Get out of your own way. Your thoughts are wrong. Change your thoughts. Change your destiny. I changed my thoughts about myself. I was 10 years older. I was 10 years older and went through chemo and decided I was good enough at that point to be on TV. I was 10 years older and had lesser brain cells. Thank you, chemotherapy, for saving my life, but giving me, a, you know, I don't even know. Sometimes these neurons don't fire. So that's my first tip. And that's what I struggled with. People are going to judge you. You might as well give them something to judge you about. That is my top first tip. And I will keep going. Um, my this second. Yes. Who's that? I'd love to add. I don't, sorry. I don't want to cut you off, Barbara, but you are a queen. I just, I'm just so excited. Ooh, you keep muting yourself, Betty. <laughs> Betty, go ahead. You can talk. Sorry. I'm Ask. on the beach and there was. Trying to talk and it kept editing. Oh, no worries. You're kind of going in and out, but I liked that you called me queen. I totally, that resonates <laughs> with me. So thank you. When anybody slides into my DMs and they start off by queen, I like follow them back. I'm like, I love you. I don't know. It's just like, I feel it. I'm like, yeah, queen. Maybe I was royalty in a past life. I don't know. Um, did anybody else want to jump in on that? My first tip of um, uh, people are going to judge you. You might as well give them something to judge you about. It's like a song. I would like love a... to tap in. Please, who is that? This this is Cayente Captain Young Money. I love, love. Bring it. Thank you. Um, In life, no matter what you do, there will always be people who judge you. You could be a, a person who goes around giving away money. People will say, oh, why is he giving away his money? You could be the type of person who heals the sick. How come he can heal the sick and I can't heal the sick? So it doesn't matter what people have to say about you. You just don't take it personal because at the end of the day, that is their own reflection on themselves. They don't see themselves being able to accomplish things. They don't see themselves being able to do major things. So they can't see it in you. But that has nothing to do with you because that is their own 
miserableness. That is their own insecurities. That is their own perspective of themselves. That is not who they see you are because they can't see who you are destined to be. So no matter what, you keep on pushing, you keep on trying. You do not give up because at the end of the day, it's all about you. I was in a room yesterday called Self Made, and I enjoyed it so much because it talked so much about how it's up to you to make yourself into what you want to be. So my friends, whether it's family, friends who are discouraging you, you ignore them because at the end of the day, only thing that they see is what they can be, but they can't see what you are going to be. This is Cayente, Captain Young Money, and I'm landing my plane. Oh, thank you, Cayente. That was so good. Hey, Barbara. Yeah. yeah, who's that? That's It's Chris Winfield. How are you? Hey, Chris. Yes, I was looking for you. Chris yeah, Winfield was... also... Yes, go ahead. Oh, no, you can finish. No, I was just saying you and Jen are amazing media trainers. And if anybody's interested in television, please check them out. I'm a huge, huge fan. So, Chris, go ahead. Uh, so, I, I just wanted to say how unbelievably inspired I am by your story. I hadn't ever heard your full story until this morning. And obviously it's not your full story, but I'm just completely blown away. It was So when you were saying one person needs to hear it today, like I'm that one person um, because I need the reminders. I need to hear about people. Um, I, I need to hear the full thing, you know, not just like the, the chapter 20. I need to hear the chapter one. And, you know, I just heard that from you and it was crazy because I was just, I was in the gym, in our gym working out and I was listening to the science of getting rich and re, you know, I've, I've read that book and listened to it probably 150 times, but I need to keep listening to it because I forget, I forget exactly what you were saying that, you know, our thoughts are, uh, they, they determine what happens to us. They determine if my day is going to be good, if opportunities are going to show up or if my day is going to be bad. And, um, you know, I, uh, I think it was Einstein once said the most important fundamental decision we ever make is do I live in a friendly or a hostile universe? And the thing that I always think about each day is, is, is it a good or a bad world? Um, and you know, if I choose good, good things show up, but the, just to your point about the, the first thing that you said, I just want to end with this. Um, my 11 year old daughter, uh, a few months ago, uh, she, she said to Jen and I, she said, stop worrying about if people are judging you. They're too busy judging themselves and they're not thinking about you. And I was just like, you're 11. How do you know these things? Oh my God. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to thank you so much. And um, yeah, you, you really inspired me. Oh, thanks, Chris. And I real I want to uh, set up a play date with my nine-year-old and 11-year-old. That is awesome. That speaks volumes about uh, you guys as as parents. Um, I, you know, that's great that she's she's saying that. And I want to dive into something you said about Einstein. Also, it it speaks to me. The most important conversation you you have every day is the one you have with yourself. So when you're talking about like those words become your actions. It's just so important. And we all need to be reminded because we go down these rabbit holes of negativity and self-doubt. Like it's, it's in, it's inevitable. And we do, we, we like people's judgment of us is tough, but Cayente said, um, that I have to dive into as well. I like really need to do like quote boxes from you guys this morning. When somebody speaks poorly about you, it reflects more on them 
than it does you. And I think that's so important. Like you're, you are a reflection of what you say and who you are. Like, I always say that I'm like, I had somebody kind of going to town about me on this app. I haven't seen her lately, but, um, and I just stood in a, in a space of like, it says more about her than it does of me. I'm just going to continue. And there's my dog. Um, you know, I'm just going to continue to live in, um, I can only control me and my attitude and how I conduct myself. So thanks, Chris. Thanks, Keontae. Um, young money always land in his plane. Um, guys, I appreciate you so much. I will keep this conversation going. So um, I'm Barbara Majeski. I'm an on-air television personality, and I also lead a podcast called Bearing It All, which is the grit behind the glamour. I love talking about tangible things we can take with us to improve our life um, and to get out of our own way and, and live our best life. And that's what I'm doing this morning or what we're talking about this morning. And my top, my first tip was people are going to judge you. You might as well give them something to judge about. And Chris's 11 uh, year old gave some really great advice too, which I might kind of roll up into this. Um, I might have to make us into a blog post. And she said, don't worry about what other people are judging. They're judging themselves in the same vein. And that is so true. So true. So true. High five from me, Chris. Um, my second thing for getting out of your own way is standing in integrity and standing in your truth. And it does fall along the lines of don't worry about everybody else and what they're doing. Only worry about yourself and who you are and the things that you can control. Integrity is what you also do, not just in front of people, but what you do behind the scenes. And it's such an important, for me, it's everything. There is nothing more expensive than the loss of trust. I'm going to repeat that. There's nothing more expensive than the loss of trust. We have to hold ourselves to high integrity, even especially when we have misstepped, when we have done something wrong. It doesn't mean that when we make mistakes and we own them, that's integrity. I've made mistakes more than I will stand in my truth that, you know what, that was a bad call. I am inverted. That's why I don't identify with failure. You only fail if you don't learn. And I listen, I like some people say their marriage has failed. My marriage didn't fail. My marriage, my marriage just ran its ran its damn course. And now I'm living my best life because I ain't married to somebody that we shouldn't have been married anymore. I'm like really, really happy. Was my divorce really tough? Yes, it was not. It belongs in a movie, but I got to the other side and I'm really, really happy. So I just want to share that integrity, integrity, integrity. Alpha six, you wanted to jump in here. Yes. Okay. So there's a book called speed of trust. And in that book, he says, if you have high trust, you have high speed and a low tax. But if you have low trust, you have low speed and a very high tax. And that's what you just said uh, a few seconds ago. When you're trying to move at the speed of trust and you don't have trust, you don't move. It's like Kayente. He just said, I'm landing my plane. You can't land that plane if you can't trust that the field is even there. You got to keep circling and circling and circling, waiting for somebody to clear your landing. And therefore, like you said, a marriage doesn't have to last forever for it to be successful. At some point, there was nowhere to land. There was nowhere to take off from. You was just stuck circling, going around and around we go. And with friends, with family, with colleagues, at some point, you start noticing a bunch of sucker type stuff and you're like, wow, okay. You don't have to even announce it, but the tax is very high. 
And then you realize it's costing me too much, right? And then you just fly somewhere else and land somewhere else. You get a new destination. No matter what that option is, people have to realize that the people who move really fast and get things done, I'll give you a good example. Some people can be in a higher place in one position than you in life, and yet they know that you are a professional in another place. So uh, I can tell a client, hey, get this microphone, and they'll immediately go get the microphone. Okay, now set it like this, do this, do this, do this. And they'll do it, but in a different arena, I'll be the same person. When they say, push this button, pull that knob, I'll be like, okay, push the button, pull the knob. You got to know who you're talking to, who's in front in that position, how to move at the speed of trust, the tax will be low, and you're going to win every single time. But the person that says, how come, or immediately plays devil's advocate, they say, hey, I don't want to be friends with the devil, right? I want to be friends with people I can say, let's move at the speed of trust because we will get there fast and we will get there further than we ever would have got by ourselves. But all that sucker type stuff, it got to go. Back to you, Bab. Oh, that is so good. And you know what? Um, John Asraf said something last night about the weight of, oh God, I can't find it in my notes. I, I hope I can go back and find it, but it was so good. So good. Um, and you just reminded me of that. Thank well, you. I know what he said. He said, yeah. that discipline weighs ounces, yes. but, the weight, but the weight of regret that was what he's talking about, the weight of regret. Oh, mic drop. I can't even handle that. Can, I, can you just say that one more time? That is exactly what I was looking for. Jim Rohn quote, he was saying that discipline weighs ounces, but the weight of regret, I think he said it was like unbearable or something. Oh, yeah. And I that is what I learned when I was really just barely able to come up from air from um, my treatments. You know, just, oh, my God, all the all the songs unsung that I was like, wait, I just, I regret not doing X, Y, and Z. That is so powerful. Um, I need, I need a quote box on. I got to put that on my Insta stories. Um, I will keep going. So number one, people are going to judge you. You might as well give them something to judge you about. Number two, live in integrity. Number three, what I want to really go into is that you cannot change your past. You cannot change it. You can, you need to stand in your truth. We are all living a human experience. You are not supposed to be perfect. And what I learned when I really, it was a very transformative 20, 2015 was quite a transformative year. I understood that some of the most difficult things I had gone through really gave rise to my greatest purpose. And I should know, I, ha I carry no shame with anything that I've been through. No shame, not my mis mistakes, not my tragedies, not my cancer. I have learned to find that I cannot change the past, but I am completely in the driver's seat of my future. Whether you can or you can't, you're right. Who is that quote? Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you are right. You cannot change the past abandon shame we have all made mistakes but we can change the way we move the way we move forward we are the authors of our next chapter that is my third tip for getting out of your own way and really living your best life be honest live with integrity don't try to wayne's coat some of the things you've been through it is so much easier if anybody asks me about some of my missteps in my in, in my past i will own it i can't wait for someone to be like hey did you do this and be like yes i did 
because I will never give away my power. And the, there's nothing more expensive than the loss of the loss of trust and integrity. Character trust is so, so important to me. These are major character, major character pillars for me. So again, I'm Barbara Majeski. We're talking about the top tips for getting out of your way, living your best life. I reinvented myself in my four days after battling cancer and divorce at the same time and launched into television because it was my dream job and I decided to step into it. And now I'm just loving Clubhouse. So here we are. Um, my did, uh, Hold on. Let me see. What was my next? Oh, this Betty, one. Can you hear? Who is that? Betty. Betty, There's you were cutting in and out earlier. Yes. Now you're, now I hear you somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm on nope. the beach. I apologize. Hey, Betty, you're not coming. Yeah. You're, your, your mic is going on and off. I. <laughs> mic at all. Hey, go ahead, Bob. Oh, you know what, Betty? I think you're going to have to tune in, uh, tune in a little bit later. Your mic is just going on, on and off, flashing, flashing, flashing. Does anybody else want to jump in? I'd love to jump in, Barbara. This is Elizabeth. I'm quite far down. Oh, Elizabeth in front of the piano. Yes, please jump in. That's right. That's a fake, actually. I'm not a good piano player. I'm just pretending. <laughs> but, you know, it's all about fake it till we make it, isn't it? <laughs> we can all, it's all relative also. Elizabeth, I imagine you're a better piano player than me. So uh, it's all relative. Go ahead. I actually started playing the piano when my daughter, we, we started playing together. And I took a couple of exams, but she then went on and I didn't. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you how happy I am to be here because I came on this show first um, to tell Glenn that our episode, he was my podcast guest and uh, that our episode was uploaded today. And then I got stuck or not got stuck. It was my absolute pleasure to stay because Hala was here. And now I'm here with you, Barbara, and I love all the wisdom that you are um, that you are sharing with us. And I don't know if Glenn is listening, but um, he was telling me in the podcast episode, and my podcast is called Most Memorable Journeys, that he nearly got arrested on his first flight. So you may want to listen into that. And uh, I'm done speaking. <laughs> that is definitely something I want. See, again, it's like some of the these moments in our lives that are less than glorious make for some of the best, the best stories. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I guarantee you are a better piano player than me. So um, thanks for jumping hey, can in. I again? Hey, Barbara, um, can I chime in before you go to your next one? This is Mario. Yes, Mario. Yes. And then I'll go to my next one so I can get through them. Mario, please go ahead. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, what's up, Barbara? I just wanted to say before your thermal, before you switch to your fourth one, how important, how critical it is transparency is what changes lives so a lot of people who try to walk and you know this perfect image we all know that it doesn't exist and you're not going to be able to help nobody acting like that so it's very important for you to just be able to be your true self and your story is what is your story is what's going to help people to be able to go through whatever it is that they're going through you can't hide that from people because it's only a matter of time for the truth comes out and it exposes you and that goes back to your first which is trust it's the weight of loss of trust is unbearable. So when a person can't trust you, it's like, how can I learn something from that person? How can I take away anything from that person? So it's very important for you to never walk away or deviate from 
your authenticity of just being real and sharing those shortcomings and your struggles because we all know no one walking this earth's surface is perfect so just be you because transparency is what will win and change you'll be able to help more people than you will with the truth than you will with a lie this is mario and i'm done speaking I love that, Mario. Be you, because everybody else is taken, Maya Angelou. Uh-oh, I'm, I'm feeling another quote box. Be you, everyone else is taken. Thank you, Mario. And um, just to dive into what you also said, I, I use this quote a lot. One day you will tell this story of what you've overcome, and it'll become part of someone else's survival guide. So just to wrap up this third point, you cannot change the past, but you can use it in service of others. And I always say the only emancipation from suffering is to serve others. And it reminds me of, it's called Kintsugi. It's a Japanese pottery. And if I said it wrong, I apologize and feel free to correct me. And in Japanese pottery, and this is what Alpha 6 talked about a couple weeks ago. Obviously I hang on all of the words that Alpha 6 says, <laughs> I'm almost repeating so much. But in Japanese pottery, when you break the pottery, when they put it back together, they do it with gold between the cracks. And what you extrapolate, and then be, that piece of pottery is actually more valuable because of its, its wear, because of its cracks, because of the gold that's infused into it. And we can roll that up into our own life and our own experience. Understand you can't change the past, but those scars our gold, they can help you align stronger with humanity and to help and serve others. So I, I love that. Thank you, Mario, for jumping in. And I will keep going with these, my top tips for getting out of your own way and living your best life. Um, and if you guys have more tips, please DM me, follow me on Instagram, or you can follow me on TikTok. I'm kind of like really a big TikTok fan. I've struggled on the Insta, but TikTok and I are really getting along. Um, it's just a better relationship, but um, See, you got it. I was originally with with Instagram. Now I'm moving to TikTok. Maybe that was that's a metaphor for my marriages. Who knows? Anyway, moving on. Number four, practice compassionate understanding. And let me explain this to you. I read the seven spiritual laws of success, and it's written by Deepak Chopra, who we all worship, and he's amazing. But one of the spiritual laws of success is to practice non-judgment. And I struggled. I couldn't get to seven o'clock in the morning without judging something, someone, something like I couldn't. And what I realized is that judgment is actually part of the human is human nature. We have to judge things. Otherwise, we're going to, you know, cross the street in, in traffic. We have to judge. It's it's part of our basic human experience in order to save ourselves. But I decided that for me and what has worked so well, and unfortunately I had to learn this the really hard way, is to practice compassionate judgment, understanding that everybody is battling something we know nothing about. And we just, you know, we went into some difficult topics here in Breakfast at Champions on Saturday. And I just, you know, I take myself out of it. I don't judge. I don't judge whether you do a vaccine or you don't do a vaccine. I do not judge you if you picked Biden or you picked Trump. I do not judge you if you are a Muslim or a Jew. You do you. Because I want to come from compassionate understanding that you have your own experience. You have your own life experience. Jack came forward has increased its sales by over 136%. My name is Travis Flaherty. We have seen over 55% increase in sales. Jeremy Allen here. We finished our month off at not even a 20% increase, but a 
30% increase. Hey guys, Jean-Paul Guidry here. Now I've experienced massive increases of 156%, collectively 125%. My name is Kevin Strasnatter. We went an increase of 50%. 50%. We went from 50 units to 75 units. We had a 39% growth in volume. This stuff works! I'm Glenn Lundy, creator of the 800% Club. The results that we've been getting out of the 800% Club are ridiculous. Everything that you just heard all happened in the first 90 days. So I want to open this up, helping more dealers across the country. We're now enrolling for 800% Club members. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. You have your own heritage. You have your own faith. You have your own cultures. You have your own experiences. And I am not here to judge you. And I cannot impart this enough. We are in such an intolerant space in humanity right now as not only, just not only as Americans, but across the globe. And we, it is impossible to ask any of us to stop judgment, but I can say to you, practice compassionate understanding and that we are all coming from our own state of consciousness, our own lens. If just one or two people can stop and put down the sword, some people don't do the vaccines because their children have been injured by vaccines. Some people do the vaccines because they want to do the vaccine and they want to protect themselves. We all show up with our own experiences. We have to put the swords down. We have to understand everybody is coming from their own state of consciousness. People picked Trump for their own reasons. People picked Biden for their own reasons. And we have to let it go. Stay in your state of grace and what you believe in and let other people stay in their state of grace. Be compassionate when you debate and you talk about the things that you are impassioned about. But do yourself a favor. We have two ears, one mouth. Listen twice as much as you speak. We are all coming from our own state of consciousness. Prior to my marriage falling apart and being diagnosed with cancer, I will tell you two things. I used to stand in sanctimonious judgment and say, if that happened to me, I would do this. And I literally talked that way because I could hear my sanctimonious, arrogant, ignorant voice. I would never do that if my, if this and that. And if I said, and I said this, let me tell you what I said. I said, if I ever get cancer, I am not doing chemo. I would never put that poison in my body. Hello, universe, teaching Babs exactly where to put her money. I went right to chemo treatments. I explored the ideas of green, uh, green juice and alternative methods. And I had three young kids counting on me to take the most aggressive modality to bang the cancer out that had already perforated my intestinal wall and was already in my lymph nodes. I had no choice but to go with the most aggressive treatment. I had a four-year-old daughter looking at me and two boys that loved the hell out of their mother. And I had to do it. But prior to that, I stood in sanctimonious judgment. Prior to my marriage, falling apart in hu a humiliating ball of flames, I stood in sanctimonious judgment. I am such a better person. 
So I really want to help you get out of your own way with these tips and understanding when you judge and you stand in sanctimonious judgment, it reflects more on you than it does anything else that you are judging. If you can state your opinions and your point of views without insulting or being derogatory to anybody else, that reflects better on you. Practice compassionate understanding. I'm going to keep going because I only have 10 minutes left and then I don't want this to get ugly. I just want you to roll this this one up. Compassionate understanding if and and being non-judgmental. We have to judge. But do you guys hear me? Can you flash your mics? Are you insulted on this one? I hope not. But uh, you know, please flash your mics. I'd like to hear that that's um landing. I'm landing my plane on that one. Um we can hear you. Okay, great. And I'm going to keep going because, again, I think that can also get very contentious because people are very impassioned about what they believe. But remember, that is what you believe. It is not facts. Unless it is a gravitational law, then it is your opinion. And other people are entitled to theirs unless they harm others. And then we can discuss it. But I don't want to dive deep into this. I just want to say practice compassion, understanding. These are my top tips. These are Barbara Majeski. Barbara in the red dress, my top tips for getting out of your own way, living your best life and being happy. And I will tell you because I practice compassionate understanding and I assume everybody's got something going on that we can't see. I really, I just am a calmer, more gracious, better person. And I, I, it opens myself up to so many more friendships and deeper friendships. Um, all right, let me keep going. Number five, this is my Zig Ziglar quote of the day. You can have everything in life that you want if you help others get what they want. I, the more, this is so cliche. I, am I just a list of quotes and cliches? Maybe I am, I don't know. I truly believe the more you give, the more you get. And this experience has played out to me in so many ways. I launched a philanthropy initiative when I was a stay-at-home mom. And all I wanted to do was help create awareness for children and adults born with cleft lips and cleft palates in parts of the world where they couldn't get these life-changing surgeries. That's all I wanted to do. I knew I had a big mouth. I had access to stages because I'd helped my, um, my husband at the time um, expand his sales company. And I knew how to jockey my way onto stages. If you can imagine, I may know how to speak in front of a large audience. I don't know. And I was able to jockey my way onto these stages. And I said, listen, I want to launch this philanthropy philanthropy initiative, because I really think I can um, amplify the work of Operation Smile. What ended up happening was I ended up funding or being, you know, just the, maybe the, I don't know what the, the ringleader of uh, almost raising over almost a million dollars, probably have raised a million dollars at this point um, to save these lives for children and adults born with cleft lips and cleft palates. And in that same year, 2015, before the wheels actually fell off, I was given a humanitarian award by Operation Smile at Cipriani's in New York. It was a red carpet, amazing, amazing, amazing event. I was like, I, I mean, I was a stay-at-home mom in Princeton, New Jersey, just doing my thing and getting on conference calls and throwing myself, bullying my way on stages. And next thing you know, I am in the newspapers and on the news and in, in you know, on this stage, I'm with all these celebrities and Johnson and Johnson is my like, so Johnson Johnson gets one award and Babs Majeski gets the other award. And it was just, it was like, I didn't do like the, the, that recognition and that amazing night was really just 
a byproduct. Like the more I gave, the more I gave my voice, my resources, my gift, which is I can, um, I speak better. I, I always say, I can, I can tell your story better than you can. Um, I, you know, to give a voice to those who can't speak for themselves. I'm just better at, I'm just better at amplifying messages. Um, that's my, that's my superpower. And because of it, and I used it and I didn't tap out of it. I tapped into it. Um, you know, I was recognized. So do you guys flash your mics? If you can share a story or you've got that tip, the more people you help achieve their goals, the, 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 the more that you will have Zig Ziglar. I'd love to hear if somebody wants to jump in on that. The more people you help, whether it's goals or help, the, the better you will do in life. I've lived that over and over again. And then I'm going to have to tell my Oprah story. So who wants to jump in? I see. I saw Mike flashes. Don't make me jump into Oprah's story. Alexander <laughs> or Alpha Six Alexander, whoever. <laughs> Alpha Six Alexander. We're the same person. Hey, so, <laughs> you know, the key to uh, this is being like a, a blind asteroid, right? If a if an asteroid could see where it was going and right before it made impact, it would brace for shock. But the fact that it can't see where it's going, it just keeps building momentum and going faster and faster and faster. And in an unexpected time, boom immortal impact, right? You create new worlds. So with that, when you're helping people, you can't slow down to say, okay, what are you going to give me now? You help a person say, okay, what are you going to give me now? Because almost guaranteed what you will receive has nothing to do with the person you help. It will come in a different way through the back door, side window, come down the roof like Timothy, like Santa Claus. It's just going to show up a whole entire different way. But do this self, do yourself this favor. When a great thing happens, Know that you deserve it for all those things that you never saw the return on. All the times you just handed someone some money out the window or smiled at the person walking down the street or helped the, the older lady across the street. All the times you smiled at your child as soon as you saw them and you walked out the door and came back and smiled again. Like All these tiny little acts of kindness, they aren't tiny at all. They're all the same thing as far as um, in the mind of the creator. Uh, DeMario says he has a question. He just sent me a message. So I'm going to stop talking. Okay. Thanks, Alpha Six. I love that. DeMario, because I'm coming down to my last. Where are you, DeMario? No? Are you there? And I have something he after him, if that's okay. This is Lolita with the T. Hey, Lolita, I'm going to, yes, I can, I get to you as soon as I get through these last three, absolutely. but I, I, you always, absolutely. Add, I always honor time on this app, but I, I'm going to go fast through the, the last, uh, Demario, were you there? Oh, and can somebody, invite, uh, oh, can somebody invite Jude up? I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jude. She's in my same space and she always, um, she belongs on here. Um, so Lolita, I'm, I'm going to go to you. I just want to get these last points get out. Get those and three then... out, Barbara. We want to hear them. They're just okay. so juicy. Go on ahead. You know, um, locus of control, control is number six. It is so important that, you know, I'm talking about your top tips for getting out of your own way, living your best life, recognizing what you can control and what you can't control. I read Hillbilly Elegy, and it is all about this systemic um, narrative that, you know, people in this, the Appalachian area literally are in, it's embedded in their brain. That is everybody else's fault. It's all external as to why they can't hold a job or why they're, you know, why they're in poverty. And this one guy who wrote the book literally was like, when you take the control and you know, it's you, you control your attitude, your work ethic, the effort that you put out there, when you take control of what 
what you can control and you recognize the the uh, your actions create your outcomes that your decisions create your destiny you have a lot more power of being in the driver's seat i was not raised that way and it's something that i had to learn it was always everybody else's fault why i lost a job why i didn't get a good grade why this you know it was always like they don't like me they have something out for me but i was taught that just like in the hillbilly elegy really resonated me so locus of control, please understand, you don't always control what happens to you, but you control how you react to what happens to you. Listen, at times you're gonna have to take a knee. Uh, at times you're gonna find yourself in the fetal position, but eventually you're gonna get back up and move your feet forward. Are you gonna perceive things as a failure or were they just lessons and lessons to learn, opportunities to grow and expand? Number seven, write your goals down. I have a great article, The Power of Writing Your Goals and Your Dreams Down. You are 42% um, more likely to achieve your goals just by writing it down. Just by writing it down, you are 42% more likely to write it down. And that even goes up higher when you share that with a friend, when you announce it, when you make a, a public affirmation, this is gonna be my goal. And the last one that I'm gonna share is about, is about power, that Alpha Six knows that I just love this. And I'm gonna read it to you. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light and not our darkness that most frightens us. I love that quote. You are more powerful and more capable than you let yourself be. Step into your power. Do not wait till you're confronted with your own mortality before you start living out your dreams. Swipe left on the voices that no longer serve you. Swipe left on what other people's opinions mean. They are going to judge you give them something to judge you about. So those are my top tips. I have more, but I didn't write them down yet, but I am gonna probably put them in a blog post. It's just when I'm thinking about the things that I've learned through my experience, that's what I wanted to share. Lolita, I wanna hear from you. I always love your shares. Oh, thank you, thank you. What a great list. Come on, Barbara, with the red dress. I love it. Listen, I loved when you said swipe left. Swipe left. It's a choice. Swipe left and get on out of there. What I was going to add earlier was you were talking about give, 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 right? And I love it because when your mindset is giving, um, I loved what you said. You said, listen, I just do what I do. I just show up and you're just is just enough for someone else. You're just of giving of all of you, of showing up, of being your best you, of just doing the thing that God put you on this earth to do, of just talking and reframing. And you say, you tell somebody else's story better than they can tell it themselves. That's your gift. And when you show up in it, you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. And then it ties right into what Alpha said is that it might not even be you or the person you're directly talking to. It's that someone else that trickles down to that someone else, that trickles down to that someone else who opens up a door because you weren't going in with the ask. You weren't going in with the mindset of, I'm going to get this from this person. You're literally giving of yourself. So thank you so much for that. Mm -hmm. It just resonated with me and I love it. This is Lolita Ooh. with the T. Lolita, I love that you said that. And it reminds me of that quote by Renee Brown, uh, courage is contagious. And it means everything. You step into your power, you literally can ignite somebody else's 
at flame. So thank you, Lolita. I My time is up. I'm Barbara in the red dress. Thank you guys for listening. Jen Gottlieb and Chris Chris Winfield are next. They, I'm passing the mic to you guys. Thank you so much, everybody. I really appreciate your time and allowing me to share um, my story. So on to you, Jen and Chris. Oh, my God, Barbara. I needed to wait until you were completely done to just share my immense gratitude for you. Um, because I was like, oh, I'm going next. I'll have plenty to say. I'm not even going to chime in. I'll let other people chime in. But I just need to acknowledge you right now in such a big way. I've always been a mega fan of you. And when you were talking and telling your story in the beginning, I like came out of the bathroom. I was doing my makeup. I was getting ready for the day. And Chris was in the living room. I'm like, are you listening to this? I knew I loved her and I love her even more. You just completely lit up my world this morning. I, like Chris said, I did not know the entire story and I know that there's more to the story, um, but hearing how you persevered and hearing how you decided to make that shift in your mind. Like, you know what, if you give me another chance, God, like I'm going to show up. And the fact that you did, many people say that they make that deal with God or the universe. And they say that they're going to, when they get another chance that they're going to show up and they're going to do everything that they need to do to, to fully be seen and to fully, you know, really step into their true selves. And many people don't follow through with that. And like you did. And you just so resonated with me this morning and completely changed my day. And I know that if you did that for me, you did that for hundreds of people in this room. So I just want to thank you so much. And everybody else, please flash your mics again and give it up for Barbara again, because she really just served in such a big way. Thank yes. you. Oh, I do appreciate it. The feeling is mutual, Jen and Chris. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes. And I mean, everything you were saying, I was just like, yes, yes, yes. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, right? Like, I mean, the, like be you, everybody else is taken like, and our mess is our message. So the more, the more us we can be, the more we're going to stand out, the more people we're going to impact. And that's exactly what you just showed here. Um, and so we're just, we're grateful for you. So I'm going to do a reset. Um, hi guys. Welcome to Breakfast of Champions. If you are just coming in, if you are new to Clubhouse, Welcome to Clubhouse. You are in luck because you are in the best, most badass, most powerful room that is on Clubhouse, and that is Breakfast with Champions. We do this every single morning, and we come in, and we just uh, pour into everybody in this room uh, at a, this imaginary breakfast table. We can imagine we're eating breakfast, and some of us, I could imagine, really are in real life listening and eating breakfast. Um, and we go into the lunch segment. My name's Jen, or brunch segment, I like to call it. My name's Jen Gottlieb, um, and my partner and fiance, so business partner and life partner, Chris Winfield in the tuxedo in the row below me. Say hi, Chris. What's up, everyone? Good morning. I am so excited to be here, and we have a powerful hour planned, so let's get it going, Jen. Let's get it going. So we host this hour, um, and I mean, it is just like the light of my life to be able to do this. So welcome, welcome, welcome. If you have a minute, and which you do, because you are here with us, so you do, you have it. So what I want you to do right now before we even get started is take your finger and press the plus sign at the bottom right-hand corner and invite people into this room. Because at the end of the day, 
Clubhouse is really about connecting with humans. That's what it's about. I mean, we come in here and we learn a whole bunch of stuff, but really people always ask me, they're like, why do you spend time on Clubhouse? What has been your, you know, the best thing that's happened because of Clubhouse? And this is for, you know, any new Clubhousers. It's, I always say every single time, it's the connections that I've made with people, the friendships I've made, the business connections that I've made, the personal relationships that I've made. So press that plus sign right now and ping people into the room. And when you do that, if it's a random person that you don't know yet, look at their profile, look at their Instagram, go in and shoot them a DM. So let's just expand this breakfast table, especially if you're loving what is happening right now. If you just loved what Barbara put down, um, do us all a favor and do yourself a favor even more so and ping some more people to give them the gift of this experience and this amazing way to start your morning. Okay, so we, we're pinging people into the room. And then the last thing I'm gonna tell you to do before we get into our conversation, which we're really excited about, is to follow all of the moderators and speakers on the stage. So all the moderators here, so moderator means a person with that little green star uh, next to their name. We all get together every single morning just to pour into you guys. So on Clubhouse, your hallway, what we like to call it, is curated by the people that you follow. So you wanna make sure that you're following people that are serving up the good stuff so that when you log on to Clubhouse, you can see where they are and you can follow them into rooms. So people like Barbara, Dr. Rowe, and Loita, and Sarah, and Alpha Six, and Jaylissa, and Lauren, like we, these are all people that you wanna be following. So make sure you click on their faces, you follow them, you maybe even press the bell so that you get alerted when they're starting rooms, and that is just going to help you. Okay, so let's dive in, Chris. I'm really excited for what we're gonna talk about today because it was requested by many people last week, actually. So if you were here last week with us, last Tuesday, we got into a really deep conversation about self-coaching and about things that we do to coach ourselves. And this concept um, really, really, um, I wanna tell you a quick little story before we, we dive into actual strategies that we use, because I have some strategies and tools that you guys can take away from this conversation today that I really wanna share with you, because I'm all about giving you guys uh, tangible, uh, tools that you can take away and things that you can try to, you know, be able to do everything that Barbara was just saying, um, <laughs> being able to step into your true self and and really crush this day. Um, but the the way that I figured some of this stuff out was not like because I'm just like super smart or know anything at all uh, about personal development. It's because I tried a whole bunch of stuff. Um, it's because I was very lost um, at, at one point in my life and I had absolutely no other choice other than to pour myself into books and podcasts and mentors, virtual mentors for the, you know, um, for the first half of my journey into, you know, growing and building the business that I've grown and, and the person that I've turned into and become and am still becoming. Um, but one of the things that I did a, a long time ago was um, I started this practice that I heard that somebody did and I was like, this sounds pretty cool. Um, and I started at the um, end of the year, each year, like on uh, New Year's, I, I did this, this is like the first time that I did it. I wrote myself a letter to myself the next year. So the concept is you write yourself a letter 
that you don't open until Jan or December 31st or January 1st the following year, right? And then and you congratulate yourself for all of the things that you've accomplished that year or that you've manifested or that you've created. And so, you know, you go to town basically really visualizing what you want to happen that year. And so that when you open that letter a year from now, you're reading a congratulation letter from yourself the previous year congratulating you on all you've created and you see what has manifested. And so I decided to do this. This was before I met Chris, uh, who is my fiance now. And uh, this was, I guess we met Chris, give me the year. Was it 2000? It was 2018, right? So this, <laughs> it was 2018, right? So this must have been my 2017 letter to myself. And um, we, it was 2017, but no it one's was counting. 2017 was when we met. Thanks. So it was my 2016 letter Thanks. to myself. I don't even know. It feels like 20 years, not, not three. Um, so I, I wrote this letter and I forgot about it. And this was when I was single and, you know, really just figuring out what the hell I wanted to do and, and who I was. But I knew that one of the things that I really, really wanted to create and really wanted to manifest was, was true love. And I really wanted to find my person. And Chris Winfield and I met on November 29th. And so that was about the end of the year. And we met on November 29th and I, my friend was getting married um, in Des Moines, Iowa for New Year's Eve. And I was going to go to this wedding all by myself um, as a single girl on New Year's Eve in Des Moines, Iowa, which was like negative 60 degrees. And Chris was so sweet and so kind that even though we had just met, the end of November, we kind of knew that that was it. And he was like, you know what, I'll come to this wedding with you. So you don't have to go by yourself. And so I was like, thank you. Um, and we ended up going to this wedding. And I didn't tell him that I had this new ritual that I created where I wrote this letter to myself. And I was actually a little nervous to tell him and, and read it in front of him. But but, you know, like in honor of just like, you know what, this is me, this is who I am. And, you know, like, I'm just going to be completely open and vulnerable. Um, we're sitting on the bed and it was like New Year's Day. And I, I took out my envelope and I was like, I have this letter that I wrote to myself. And you may think it's weird, but um, I'm going to read it. And I need to read it because I wrote it last year and I have absolutely no idea what it says. I don't remember. And I opened up this envelope and I sat next to Chris, uh, who I had just met about a, you know two months ago. And the first line of the letter was, Dear Jenny, I am so excited that you are sitting next to the love of your life right now. Give him a kiss for me. And... I don't even remember what the rest of the letter said, but I know the rest of the letter was really good. But after I read that and I look at Chris, I'm like, oh my God, holy crap. Um, I was like, there is something to this. There is definitely something to this. And I, I have created and manifested a lot of things in my life. Um, but uh, really the things that I have put into place um, since then, because I was like, this stuff works, has really... Um, really, really, really affected my life in a business in a business in a really, really fast way. Because after I figured out, holy crap, this works, let's start doing more things like this. Um, and, and Chris and I both, we, we always like to say we work really hard to make our lives easy. So every single day, we put into place a lot of different mindset hacks, tools, things like that to coach ourselves to be able to show up in the best way that we can. So today, what I wanted to talk about is some of the things that we do every single day that you guys can start to implement to be able to be your own best coach. Because at the end of the day, 
who's the one person you can always count on? Like we can count on other people in our life, but at the end of the day, if we realize that we really truly do have everything we need within us to be able to get ourselves out of absolutely any bad situation or create absolutely anything that we want to create, if we realize that we have that within ourselves and we utilize that power every single day, we're unstoppable. We are absolutely unstoppable. Now, again, I, you know, don't have any magical powers, but I do have some super dope, super cool tools. So I want to share them with you. And then when I'm done talking, I want to hear about all of the different tools that maybe the speakers and the moderators on stage have and use to be able to really coach yourself every single morning or every single day, or maybe every single year, like that uh, yearly letter that I write to myself to be able to show up and really, you know, be that, that one person that you can truly count on to be able to, to show up um, just the way that Barbara was talking about in the segment before this. So the first tool, I'm going to I'm going to give one and then Chris then I want you to give one after I'm done. Sound good? You there? Yep. Okay, cool. So the first thing that um that I do and I do a whole bunch, but the, the one thing that I want to talk about really that first is my badass list. And I've talked about this um, on Breakfast with Champions before. I've talked about it on Clubhouse before, but it is by far the most powerful thing, powerful tool that I use to be able to get past imposter syndrome. Now, flash your mics if you have ever experienced something we call in entrepreneurial or you know world, maybe not even in the real world now, called imposter syndrome. Flash your mics if you've ever experienced that before. TM, Monica, yes, Lana, it's Julian. Okay, yes. So one of the things that was holding me back in a really bad way, and that still does hold me back every once in a while, is this thing called imposter syndrome. And it's that feeling of, oh my gosh, uh, who the hell am I to be talking about this? Or who am I to be speaking or, you know, pitching the media or being on TV or teaching people or coaching people or, you know, one day they'll all figure out that maybe I don't even really know what I'm talking about or I'm an imposter or they're so much better than me and, and letting that hold me back. And I truly believe that the reason that we experience imposter syndrome or one of the main reasons is because we're spending way too much time looking at other people and marveling over other people's success or maybe even FOMOing over other people's success or being maybe envious or jealous or comparing ourselves to other people's success that we forget how badass we are. And like I said in the beginning, you know, you got to work really hard to make your life easy. So we just need reminders. And I mean, sometimes a reminder is all you need. Like Barbara gave me massive reminders this morning and we just need to remind ourselves how amazing we are and that we're not an imposter. So I created this thing called the badass list and I did it by accident through a conversation with a friend. And what it is basically is, you know, you take out your phone and I don't do this on paper. I do it in my phone. So I always have it on me no matter what, because I use this all of the time as a tool, like I said, a self coaching tool to be able to get myself out of my own way and do the things that I know that I need to do. And so you take out your phone and your notes in your phone and you just write down a list of every single moment in your life when you were a badass. And when I say the word badass, I mean a moment in your life when you, you guys know those moments, when you were like, holy crap, I'm amazing, right? Like maybe for Barbara, it was like her first segment on the Today Show. I'm sure she had that moment where she was like, oh my God, this is exactly what I said I was going to do. I wrote it down and now it is here. And she probably felt like the biggest badass of all time, you know? And maybe it's easy to even forget that moment and then slip into imposter syndrome again. 
But when you relive that moment and you remember it and you write it down and you look at it, oh wait, I did that? So write down all the moments in your life. They could be moments like your first segment on the Today Show or moments like when you had your child, you gave birth, or maybe you ran a marathon, or maybe you had uh, some cancer like Barbara did and, and you and you conquered it. Or maybe you raised a whole bunch of money like she did. Or maybe you, it was a moment when you met your, your partner for the first time. Any time in your life when you were like, I am a rock star, this is amazing, I'm a badass, write it down. And then anytime you're feeling like an imposter or even every single morning, I will read this list. Read the list, but here's the key. You read it out loud as if you were reading about somebody else. It's not you. You're reading it about someone else, maybe someone that you're comparing yourself to on social media. And you read it out loud and you ask yourself, is this person worthy of doing the thing that I'm scared to do right now? Is this person worthy of like absolutely crushing this day and just providing immense value in every single thing that I'm going to do today, you're going to say yes and allow yourself to be impressed with yourself. Allow yourself to say, holy crap, I'm pretty cool. You can even say, oh, hey, Jen, this is pretty cool. You're pretty cool. You're pretty badass. And give yourself that reminder every single day. And if we can remember every single day the value that we bring to the world and how incredible we are and how badass we are. Imposter syndrome is much less. I'm not going to say it's completely removed because someone will please tell me uh, how to completely remove it. We're human beings. We're always going to have a little bit of fear that's healthy. And imposter syndrome is just a form of fear. But if you use that tool, I promise you it will make the action steps a lot easier. So that is my first self-coaching tool uh, that I want to share. And Chris, I'm going to hand it over to you because I know you have a bunch of them and I would love for you to share one. All right. So I am going to go with um, morning pages or as I like to sometimes do, morning page. Uh, so morning pages are, a, it's a tool. Um, this woman named Julia Cameron wrote a book called The Artist's Way, um, which is an absolutely amazing book. And there's two main things that she talks about in this. And th this is like really with the, 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 what it was written for is more for creatives and um, you know writers and artists and things that uh, re-engage with your creativity, reconnect with your creativity. And what, when I first read it, what I did was I looked at it as a way for me. Um, somebody has a hot mic, by the way, if you can mute. Um, I, I looked at it as a way for me to do that. And I don't necessarily uh, I consider myself a writer or an artist or anything like that. So I thought about how can entrepreneurs use this? And I wrote um, you know, an article about this and uh, it got picked up all over the place. And if you just type in morning pages and or morning pages entrepreneurs, um, you'll, you'll be able to find it. But so what the practice is, is that you write out when you wake up, you have all this stuff, you, your monkey mind is going, um, at least it is for me. When I wake up, I don't necessarily think, wake up and think first thing, oh my God, my life's so great. Today's going to be so easy. It's going to be amazing. My mind wakes up and pretty much is thinking the opposite um, because uh, there, well, there's lots of reasons that I'm in therapy for a lot of them um, is, as to why, where that comes from. But I just start thinking and, you know, my mind's going all over the place. So what the morning pages does is it allows you to put that stuff down on paper and you write it out with a journal with a pen and paper you don't I, there's ways that you can do it on computer or your phone but i i recommend doing it 
um, right on paper because there's something different about it. The computer or the phone has that uh, feeling. It kind of shuts down your creativity a little bit. So what you do is you just write whatever's on your mind. And you could start it off by just writing, this is the stupidest thing in the world. That guy Chris is crazy. I don't know what. And eventually, though, what's going to happen is that you're going to start to just get to some truths. Um, you're going to get to your truth. If you just truly allow yourself to write whatever's on your mind, you're going to start to see what are some things that you should be focusing on. What are some good things? Like all these different things come up. Um, and, you know, the, what she recommends is, can you mute, please? Um, what she recommends is to do three pages, um, three handwritten pages. A lot of times, to be completely honest, I just do one um, and I find that that's enough. Uh, but it's such a powerful practice and it inevitably leads me um, by the time I'm done with it to be focused on the things that I'm grateful for, what's good, um, and not just the, you know, the, the, the crazy thoughts that I can have um, when that monkey mind is going. And then I'll talk about gratitude a little bit more later. I love that, Chris. Morning Pages is my absolute favorite. And usually what happens for me, and this is for content creators, if you are if you have a business or you know, you're creating content and you have writer's block and you don't know what to write, uh, I would say 100% of the time when I do Morning Pages, it usually like morphs and turns into content. So anything that I've written on Instagram or Facebook um, has is usually birthed out of my morning pages. It just gets those creativity juices going. And usually the most, for me, the most important thing is to not judge my writing because a lot of the times I'll be in my head when I'm trying to figure out something to write and I'll be like, oh no, don't write that, cross that out. And what morning pages is, is just they tell you to just don't judge it even if it sucks, write it down and just keep writing. And you could write one word over and over and over again until something that's cohesive starts to come out. And usually that is really what's on your heart and it is really your authentic truth. So if you need to find clarity, if you need to regain your creativity, and if you need to just really figure out what is true, just let yourself write without judgment. Let it go. Let it go and just write and write and write and something will come out. Um, so I love that, Chris. My second one that I've been doing, and we talked about this last week, and this is what um, made people DM me and ask me if we could do an entire segment on this, is we, I talked about in the beginning the letter that I write to myself every single year at the end of the year and then open it uh, a year later. It's an unbelievably powerful, and now I've been doing it daily. And this has been a game changer for me this year. And let me explain why. Uh, we, we, we have a company, um, we have a PR marketing company, and we also have the other side of our company is an education company, or basically where we teach people how to get in the media. Um, we have a Be On TV uh, boot camp, and we have a Be Seen Accelerator, and it's all about visibility and coaching people on how to get themselves out there. And I'm really, really good. Uh, my, my role at, <laughs> at our company is actually CMO, and it's not chief marketing officer. It's definitely not that. It is chief mindset officer because I'm really, really good at coaching other people. I've studied a lot of personal development, and I've you know transformed my life using mindset, and I'm awesome at coaching other people. However, please flash your mics if you agree with me here, especially people that coach and teach other people, that when it comes time to give myself advice and coach myself, um, it's, it's harder than it is to coach uh, other people, right? Debbie's flash 
flashing your mic, Renee's flashing your mic, Dr. Rowe. Yeah. So I, I always know what to say to my friends. I always know what to say to Chris and I can always get to get to the core of it and really help them make massive breakthroughs. But then I'll be stuck for a whole day and not be able to get myself out of it. So I thought to myself, what if I just like talk, spoke to myself as if myself was somebody else. And I decided every single day that I was going to write myself a letter daily. And I was going to write myself a, a letter at the beginning of the day from my highest self. So I imagine myself as the person that has accomplished everything that I've ever wanted. So I, I skip, I go into the future and I visualize myself as the entrepreneur, the leader, the, the wife, the partner, the mother, the, um, <laughs> the multi mega impact maker, whatever it is that you want to be. So whatever it is for me, I just imagine not necessarily what I'm doing, but what I feel like and how empowered I feel and how proud of myself that I feel in the future when I have reached that moment or one of those moments, because I feel like you're always growing, you're never necessarily completely there. But I imagine what that version of myself feels like. And then I have that version of myself who has totally crushed it, write a letter to me now and coach me now. And usually it's dear Jenny, you know, all of the things that you need to do today. Let me tell you, if you don't know, show up, be seen, be vulnerable, do things that scare you, take action before you are ready. All the things that I tell other people to do that I can't tell myself to do, I have my higher self, I tap her, I say, hey, what's up, Jen? Hey, higher self, hey, future me, you need to come in and coach now me. And I write myself a letter. And, and where this is really powerful is usually around 3 p.m. when I'm feeling the feels of the day, right? When maybe something has got me down or I'm in, you know, in the thick of it, I'm in the middle of the business, in the middle of the fires that we're putting out or in the middle of even the amazingness. And I need that reminder. Like I said, it's really all about reminders. I take out that notebook and I read the letter I wrote to myself. I'm like, oh shit, yes, okay, let's go. It's like having your own coach in your back pocket. And that coach, is your highest self. It's unbelievably powerful. And I invite all of you guys to write letters to yourself every morning. So that is my next tool that I use for self-coaching every single day. And I hope that you guys take that one, the badass list and morning pages. Chris, I'll have you go one more and then I have another one and then we'll open it up. All right. Sounds good. So the other one I mentioned gratitude quickly. And, um, and when Barbara was speaking earlier, and when I shared, I, I mentioned that I was uh, re listening and rereading a book called The Science of Getting Rich. And that book literally changed my life It was a book written back in, uh, I believe, 1910 by a guy named Wallace D. Waddles. And in it, it's a short book, about 100 pages. Um, many of the law of attraction books are, in, are based off of this, um, including The Secret. So at the if you've read or watched the movie The Secret, she talks about uh, discovering this book like her th that completely changed her life. She's talking about this book. Um, so in that book, it talks about the role of gratitude in and, and being thankful not and grateful not just for what you, but also what's coming, what you want. And the, the thing that Jen and I have done with this is we've created a, what we do is we, we write future gratitude lists. Um, so there, we, there you, a regular gratitude list is the things that you're grateful for right now. So I write one of those every single day and I share that with somebody, one of my close friends. 
um, just for accountability and to see also what he's grateful for. But then the, the, the future gratitude list is where you think about the things that you're manifesting, the things that you want to accomplish, um, the things that are coming in your life. They're just not here yet. And you write them down and you feel grateful and you feel the appreciation for those as if they're already here. And this is something Jen mentioned that the different programs that we have um, where we teach people how to get on TV and how to be, grow bigger social media platforms and make more money from that. And one of the things that we always start with at the beginning um, is uh, having people set their intention and be grateful in advance. And um, it, it's and it, it's so wild tying into like with with Barbara's story um, because she it's I'm almost positive that she felt gratitude for being on the Today Show and pictured herself being on the Today Show way before that ever happened. Um, and the, that was, that's one of the things that we, you know, we also do in our program. So we had people get excited and feel, do future gratitude lists for the places that they're going to show up on as if it's already happened. And the coolest thing is then what it does is it changes your, the, it, it helps influence your subconscious mind. Um, which doesn't know, all right, well, is this real or not? So the future gratitude list, what you do is you just write out um, everything as if it's already happened. So I'm so happy and grateful uh, that, and then whatever it is. So, and you can do that and it's a really, really powerful thing. And then you look back and see how many of those things actually come, come to fruition if you just believe and have that faith. Yeah, Chris, it I love it so much. I, I think the, the majority of the things that have happened in my life started from a future gratitude list. And a few of them, I'll just say, like, I, I wrote every single day. I'm so grateful I, I met my husband today. Right. And I remember the day I met Chris, I wrote that down because I wrote it every single day and I would feel the gratitude for, you know, meeting him and knowing him and loving him. I was so grateful. And I would write down, I'm so grateful. I wanted to live in this one apartment building. Uh, it was 200 West 72nd Street um, on the Upper West Side. And I wanted to have floor to ceiling windows. I remember I lived in a tiny little studio and, you know, basically no view with an itty bitty little window. And I, I would sit there with my journal and every single morning I would write down, I'm so grateful. I live at 200 West 72nd Street. And an apartment that has floor to ceiling windows in the corner that looks over the Upper West Side. And I can see, you know, all of these buildings and I'm so unbelievably grateful for it. And we got that apartment and I got to write my real gratitude list sitting from that apartment and then writing an actual gratitude list from there. So I, I, I highly recommend you guys try this future gratitude list. And really what Chris said is true. The subconscious mind does not know the difference between a real memory and a fake one. It just doesn't. You can create those real memories in your mind as if they've really happened. And the best gateway is always gratitude because it's impossible to feel fearful, scared, nervous, anxious, angry, and grateful at the same time. Gratitude conquers all. So the best way to get into the frequency and the vibration of having the thing before you already have it is gratitude. And then when your subconscious mind feels like the thing is already yours, the action steps towards getting that thing become way easier and way less scary because your subconscious mind is like, oh, this is mine already. This is mine. I already have this thing. So yeah, duh, that's definitely the next step. That's definitely the way to go. And the opportunities become a lot more clearer. They, they become a lot more present. Like when Chris came into my life, I was like, oh, wow, that's him. 
I, I've been talking to him every single day. I've been writing him letters. I've been, you know, telling him how grateful I am for him. And so I was very, very noticeable when it was him. And it was also very, very noticeable when it wasn't him, right? When it was a shitty date. And I was like, oh, you're not the guy that I envision every day that I'm grateful for. That was not you. <laughs> so my last one that I'm going to give you today has been a really, 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 really powerful one as well that um, I implemented recently this year. You have a tremendous opportunity to reinvent your dealership today, right now, and to not take advantage of it would mean that everything that you just went through and are going through was in vain. How about instead we build something new like Kevin did in Virginia who was up 37% in April or Mike in Wyoming who was up 90% in April or Bob in Kentucky who broke a 60 year record this past January. All of these dealers joined the 800% club and together we continue to win. Listen, I've done this before. I've helped build a monster dealership from the inside out and now I want to build one with you. You and your team deserve it. So look, the time is now. It's time for you to protect your legacy. Head on over to 800EliteAutomotiveClub.com to learn more. And this has helped me to take scary action. And I truly believe that taking scary action, uncomfortable action, is the way to become successful. Um, I always tell people, all of the successful people that I meet, and I meet a lot of really, really successful people, and I always ask them, you know, like, why are you so successful? Or I ask them a million questions, and the same thing always comes into play. They do things that they don't want to do. They do a whole bunch of shit that they don't want to do, a whole bunch of stuff that makes them uncomfortable and makes them scared. So the more we can practice taking scary action, the more we can get good at taking scary action and doing uncomfortable things and the easier that it becomes. It never becomes completely easy, but it gets easier. I'm just, I'm promising you that it does. And one of the ways to train ourselves to be able to take that scary action is to celebrate when we do it. So many times we do something and we just skip the celebration part and we never get to feel the how good it feels on the other side. And that feeling on the other side is the most important part because you want your brain to remember the serotonin and dopamine hit that you get after doing something that was hard and getting that celebration on the other side so that when you go to do it next time, your brain remembers, oh yeah, when I do the scary thing, when I take action, when I do it before I'm ready, it feels really, really good. So we need to make sure that we celebrate ourselves. So every single night before we go to sleep, I take out that notebook, the same notebook that I used to write the letter to myself, to write my future gratitude list, to do my stream of conscious writing in the morning, my morning pages. I celebrate my wins. I write down every single win that I had that day, whether it was I worked out today and I didn't want to. I called that person that I didn't want to call, right? Or I, you know, I, I stuck to the commitments that I made to myself today. I committed that I was going to go to that yoga class. I committed that I was going to finish the four pages of my ebook that I started. I, I committed that I was going to rock it on my coaching call and I was gonna be completely present. I committed to reaching out to at least five people today. Whatever I did that was a win, and it could even be tiny itty bitty little wins. Like, all right, I, I had a conversation with my partner and I didn't yell at him even though I felt like I wanted to. Right? Like that's actually a big win. But celebrate your wins every single night. And now what's happened since I started writing them down and celebrating them, I act differently every day because I'm like, oh wait, I really want to write this down tonight that I crushed it. So I, I'm going to do it. 
because I want to write it down and celebrate it with myself tonight. So celebrating your wins every night has been an unbelievable game changer for me when it comes to taking action throughout the day and showing up in a way that will make me proud before I go to bed every single night. So those are our tools. I'm just going to review them really quick just in case um, you're just chiming in or you forgot um, or you're like, wait a minute, I, I forgot numbers one and number two. There really weren't numbers. These are just tools for you to help coach yourself throughout the day so that you can take all of this momentum from Breakfast with Champions and your morning routine and make it last throughout the day and actually make shit happen in your life. So the first one um, I talked about was writing a yearly letter to yourself. That was the very first one. Every year on December 31st or January 1st, whenever you choose to, write a letter to yourself the following year, congratulating yourself for everything you've created that year. Put it in an envelope, seal it up, and don't open it until the next year. And it's an unbelievable gift for yourself that you can open up. So that's the first one. The second one is your badass list. And that's whenever you're feeling imposter syndrome or like you're not enough or you are not as good as everybody else in the room and, and it keeps you and it holds you back from doing the thing that you know you should do. You take out that badass list, which is a list in your phone of all of the moments in your life when you were a badass, and you read it out loud as if you were reading it about somebody else. And you allow yourself to marvel at the things that you have done in your life. And you ask yourself, is this person worthy? Is this person worthy of doing the thing that I'm scared to do right now? And of course, you're going to say, oh my God, this person's amazing. And just remind yourself how badass you are. The next one was from Chris, and that was stream of conscious writing or morning pages, where you just allow your hand to write with no judgment when you wake up in the morning. Three or four pages, maybe one page. And whatever's on your mind, you just write. And usually what that will do is get you to the truth. It will either get you to the truth of what's real and what's true to you, or it will actually create amazing content. <laughs> and you'll actually get some creativity back, which is what it does for me. The next one is writing a letter to yourself. So every single day, I write a letter to myself from my higher self. And my higher self, I tap into her. She's this amazing, badass woman years from now who's done everything that she wants to do. She's accomplished it all. And I ask her, Jen, okay, coach, coach Jen now. And I have her write a letter to me now, reminding me how to show up in that day. And then the next one is Chris's, and it was a future gratitude list, writing down things that you are grateful for as if they've already happened or that haven't happened yet, as if they've happened. So getting into the gratitude mode for things that you want to achieve as if it's yours already. And what that does is it tricks the, the subconscious mind to believe that you already have those things and it makes the action steps towards getting those things a lot less scary because you subconsciously believe that it's already yours. So that future gratitude list is so, so, so key and so powerful. And then the last one that we talked about is celebrating your wins every night, celebrating those wins. Every single night I take out that journal and I write down the wins that I had for the day. And what that does is it really helps me to stick to the commitments that I make to myself each day because I want to write them down every night. You better believe I am so excited to write down every night the things that I rocked that day. Because during the day I'm like, all right, I'm doing this because I want to write it down tonight. And celebrate with yourself. Because at the end of the day, you are the person that makes the choices that build your life. You. And you can always take care of yourself. And if you have, you know that you have everything you need within yourself to be able to make those choices and take action and take care of yourself when you're in a bad place and you know that you will always get out of it because you have the tools, then you are unstoppable, my friends.
So that's why this hour um, that Chris and I wanted to put together for you is all about how to coach yourself and how to get into those modes yourself of where you can seriously take action, you can celebrate yourself, you can get to the truth of the thing, you can, you can remind yourself how loved you are, how badass you are, how amazing you are. Because believe me, if you can do it for other people, which I know every single person in this room can, believe me, you can do it for you. So those are our tools and our tips. I would love to open Jen. it up to the other moderators. Who is Jen, that? It's me. It's Alpha Six. I got it. I've been burning over here. Oh my God! Go get it, Alpha Six. What's up? Okay, so I love this so much. I'm gonna treat this like the Tenant movie and start at the end. There's an audio, right? Okay, let let me do it again. I'm sitting in the house watching YouTube, and a video called "Born Rich" pops on the screen by Bob Proctor. I'm like, what is this old school seminar type thing, right? Now, at this time, I'm helping John Nasserov create these programs called Winning the Game of This, Winning the Game of That. And we have these audios that are like entrained in the brain. So I say on a piece of paper, like as I'm watching Bob Proctor, Bob Proctor is now my mentor. I will be coached by Bob Proctor. I will beat Bob Proctor, right? Same day as I'm helping John in this, uh, you know, private Facebook group, someone messages me and say, hey, you look like you would like Bob Proctor and you help so many people. I just paid for a $8,000 coaching program, but I can't keep up because blah, blah, blah. Would you like it? I'll call them if you like. I was like, hell yeah, call them. And so they call them and they say, you know, I have an $8,000 coaching program by Bob Proctor the same exact day while working with John Nasraf, who was coached by Bob Proctor, right? And as I started the program two months later, I'm in LA sitting at a table at a convention with Bob Proctor, it's his show, and Bob Proctor's speaking, and I stand up and ask a question. I have a brand new copy of Think and Grow Rich because I know that's his favorite book, and Bob calls me to the front. He signs my Think and Grow Rich book, and we take this photo together, and I always look at that photo like, holy crap, but I'm on the phone with Bob Proctor every single week, and at that convention, I write down, I am so happy and grateful that I'm now creating Apex Transformational Audios using my Odyssey, blah, blah, blah headphones. These are like the most powerful headphones in the entire world, like the Hubble telescope of sound. I've never even seen one in real life. I go on to own every last pair they own and they're like thousands of dollars each. I go on to have contracts to sell these headphones. I create Apex Precision Audio and then I create my own audios to reprogram my own brain called the Apex, right? And then John Nasrap comes back and say, hey, I'm building something even bigger, something better for the future. And I want you to create the audios for the whole thing. How crazy is that? And I wrote it all down and it happened. And now, one last week I was there with, uh, I think it was Bob Proctor, with John on the stage at the same time. The week before it was Brian Tracy and Jack Canfield at the same time. And before that it's Les Brown and Brian. And before that is. And I'm in the room with the people I used to read about, think about, write about, dream about. And they're all like, yeah, man, you got it. We're watching you now. And I'm like, holy smokes, what kind of universe is this? So last night, no, the night before I wrote down, sell out the O2 Arena in London. And immediately all kinds of things with the UK started happening, like, just like that. Back to you, Jen, it's magic, right? Yes, that's how it works, you guys. These are my favorite stories ever. Oh my God, Atlas Six, you keep going. That is exactly exactly how it works and and many people are very uh weary of the law of attraction or you know the secret and things like that and and 
you guys, it, it, it doesn't necessarily work where it's like, sometimes it does, where it feels like it's magic. You, you envision something and it magically appears. But really what happens is it gets the subconscious, which is the thing that is in charge of really taking action for you, not necessarily the conscious mind. It is the subconscious that is the, the uh, you know, when you're subconsciously driving in your car and, and you don't even necessarily know how you just got home, but you just got home, right? The subconscious mind is driving for you. And when you have made those memories and those declarations and you've decided, just like Alpha Six said, that you're gonna be working with these people and speaking to these people and around these people, and it is, is it is. He's so grateful that it's happening right now. The choices that he made and the steps that he took were all in alignment with that vision. And that is how he got there. Well, you know, that is how it happens. It's the action steps and the action steps are easier and the opportunities are brighter. Like there's neon lights pointing at them when you've made that, that, that picture in your mind that it's already yours, that it's already happened. That is freaking amazing, Alpha 6. I love it. Who else would like to share? Alexander, let's go. Yeah, so first off, I love that. And I think that you nailed, the, nailed it on the head right at the end. It's not just the affirmations, it's the action. Because, you know, affirmations without discipline is the onset of delusion, but affirmations with discipline creates miracles. And Alpha 6 is not just affirming, he's preparing, ready, and he's doing the work. I love that, dude. You're so powerful. I had to just say that. So for me, one of the tips that I do every single day, and this is what I do whenever I am, imposter syndrome sets in, I, anytime I'm starting to self-doubt, is I really, really, really latch on to my I am statement. And I have a very specific I am statement that I say over and over throughout the day. And whenever those moments pop in that I'm feeling down about myself, I just literally, I stop myself and I get, I get like in a power stance and I tell myself that I, Alexander Gonzalez, am a worthy, healthy, genuine, respected, unstoppable, prosperous husband, father, legend, motivator, and overcomer that empowers others to do more, manifests greatness, shakes that ass in the face of adversity, and I'm a freaking champion who proves it every single day. And no matter what I am feeling, no matter what state sometimes my mind wants to get in, the second I start reminding myself of who I am, not just today, but who I'm becoming, whew, none of that has space in my head, and I just keep trucking. So I'm a big believer in I am statements, and this is Alexander, and I'm done speaking. Yes, Alexander. I love that. I love your energy. Hi, Amazing. Jen. This is Kimberly. Let's I go, would Kimberly. I would love to share. Um, first of all, I, I really um, appreciate your uh, bringing in the morning papers and that process. I've been doing that um, off and on for about uh, 20 plus years. And um, what I find is that, first of all, when I allow this space, uh, the morning papers lets you take that chatter and the things you're sort of preoccupied with, the things that are stream of consciousness. And I find that it's a healthy, non-suppressing way to give those thoughts a place to go. That's that sort of random stuff that comes out first that you described. But it also has the beautiful byproduct of it helps quiet the chatter. Instead of just trying to push it out, you let it out in a way that now the other thoughts that begin to come um, begin to minister to you and reveal to you and take you to your center and that higher self place. But you move the debris out of the way so that the rest can channel through. So I very much experienced that. And it's lovely to hear you and Chris talk about your story 
because my husband and I began to practice that when we were dating. And it really brought us together in a beautiful way. And I'm happy to say that this year is my 20 year wedding anniversary and 25 years together. So you're in a beautiful practice. It gave me the love of my life and it gave me a marriage that I could only dream of. So I celebrate that you do that as individuals and that you do that as a couple. I also want to say that um, uh, and as I began to do that in the early years, sort of to Alpha Six's point, I would uh, have these thoughts and visions of, of people that I would manifest, and I would really pray that it would be in my highest good and their highest good. So it wouldn't just be some aspiration of an acquisition, but it really would be in alignment coming from my higher self, that that impulse alone was coming from God's uh, guidance for me. That's why I even had the thought. So that future was coming toward me and it was speaking to me. In my case, the early ones, I was listening to series from Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer at the time. And Brent and I were listening to them as we would uh, quiet in the evenings. And I wrote about it. Fast forward, not that long. I not only was um, able to have the door open in a way that Deepak Chopra appeared, but that I was invited to his home for a dinner, invited to his organization to be part of a project, and then invited to be on his board um, and to work with Wayne Dyer. All of that came through the premonitions and the morning papers and the setting that intention. None of it was done through networking or calling upon any of the traditional ways we might make something happen, but allowing something to happen and then leaning into it with the preparation and the work throughout my life. That is how that magic has worked for me too. So it's a celebration to hear examples from each of you. But I also want to just say something really as a maybe as a synchronicity God wink moment. I've been in the room all morning. A little bit ago, someone pinged me and asked me to step over to a private room. I've only done that a couple of times ever on Clubhouse, but it's someone who we have had a hard time connecting. So I went. In conversation, we began to talk about our future self and our highest self, about writing letters to them, about being receiving information from them in the present time and the practice of that. We, we said goodbye and I popped back in. As I did, Jen, you began to talk about writing letters from your futures to your future self and being coached by it. It was an extraordinary synchronicity. And I sent her a note and said, you're not going to believe what they're talking about in Breakfast for Champions. Everything is connected all the time, working for your highest good. I love how the universe works. This is Kimberly. I'm so loving this room today. Amen, sister. I love it. Yeah, that is exactly how it works. And um, I love that you said like a God wink. Um, I, I really truly feel that when we have those synchronicities, it's really just showing us that we're on the right path and that we just need to keep on going. And I truly believe that the universe gives us nudges when we most need them. 
And so listen and pay attention. And many of us are like, gosh, nothing good. This happens to me all the time. I'm like, I, I need something. I need, I need something good to come in. And like, why isn't anything exciting? And then I remember, wait a minute, I'm just not taking time to really notice and really listen and really look at the little tiny nudges and synchronicities and things that fall into place because there's there's hundreds of them every single day and we have to take a moment to acknowledge them. So Kimberly, I'm so glad that you just acknowledged that. Um, that definitely is one and I have a feeling that every single person in this room is feeling the energy right now and um, and this is just one of those magical moments and I want everybody to timestamp it and really use the momentum to create some some amazingness in your day because you got the power within you right now, you guys. We have it. Who else would like to share? Tony? Yes, ma'am. Good morning, Jan. How are you doing? Amazing. Awesome. Yes, you are amazing. This whole panel is amazing and Breakfast with the Champion Breakfast with Champions is amazing. I love being here and hearing all the 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 thoughts and um just kind of echoing and and where my mind went whenever we're talking about the law of attraction and you started talking about time and Kimberly was just talking about time um I was just thinking that time is is kind of a construct that um segments what could be what would be and what is and whenever we can remove time out the equation and and that's kind of what we do whenever we're writing those affirmations the I am statements of who we are in our future self we're removing time out the equation and we're just able to match the frequency of, of who we are called to be, who we're becoming and, and who we really are in, in our future selves. And so um, I'm, I'm really getting, getting more clear about those, those affirmations that I say to myself and what I really desire, the desires that I have on my heart. But I was just thinking about that, how time is kind of the thing that Sometimes we allow to prevent us from being who we are called to be and who we are and our future, who we know that we truly are. Um, and if we can remove that out the equation, then we already have it. We already are. We already have what what we know is is meant for us. This is Tony with the keys. I'm done speaking. Tony, I love that. And, you know, John Asaroff just popped into the room. John is here. And, John, we were just talking about the law of attraction. We were just talking about being grateful for things that haven't necessarily happened as if they've already happened and, and calling those things into our life by taking, taking inspired action and, um, and just changing the tape in our subconscious mind. And you are the master of that. And I love, 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 love to hear you share. I know you just popped in, but I'm sure you can just vamp on this, um, right off the top of your head. Hey, Jen, nice to, uh, nice to be on and, um, hi everyone. I, I actually don't, I don't know the thread. I literally just jump, jumped on, so I don't know the context in which you're um, you're discussing this. So maybe you can just give me a little bit of insight, um, and just uh, either ask me a question or yeah, just, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I'm like, John, let's go. Just share. Uh, well, <laughs> I, yeah, and you didn't I even saw hear you anything. in here and an Alpha Six in here, and so a few very familiar faces. I thought I'd drop in, so. Well, you Any are a manifestation of Alpha Sixes, and he was sharing that story. And you guys, this is just like how in alignment we all are right now. It's absolutely crazy how many synchronicities are happening in this room. But John, what I'd like to ask you is just, you know, we were talking about the whole theme of our hour today was tools that you can use every single day to manifest or create 
the day, like even just in a day, like tools we can all use to be able to step into our best selves each and every single day. And I'd love to hear one of the things that you do every day to manifest what you want to create um, in your life. Yeah. Sure. So I think the the first part is to um, just get clear on this word called manifestation. And I think a lot of people have this misunderstanding as if it's, you know, something that happens magically, you know, manifesting, you know, out of thin air. And although we all do um, uh, live, we are in the quantum field, right? All of us are made up of energy called quanta, uh, hydrogen, oxygen, nitrogen, carbon, uh, and all the other elements. So. We're in this solid, I'm sorry, we're in this field of intelligence and energy. We are in a solid state of vibration as far as our bodies go. And if it's true that everything is already here that we could ever want or need, and, you know, uh, inventors, innovators tap into uh, the field of possibilities using their imagination and some deductive reasoning and intuition, which are, you know, other than our five normal senses of hear, see, smell, taste, and touch, then is our brain an electromagnetic switching station that can um, tap into this field uh, and also uh, tap into this state of self-awareness? And the answer is, of course, yes. So a daily practice for myself is every day after I wake up and I meditate for about 20 minutes, I opened up something called My Exceptional Life Blueprint. It's about 45 pages uh, that I've taken the time over the years to create. And the first uh, about six pages are um, my, it's my vision board for uh, things that I'm grateful for, my family, my children, uh, things I've accomplished, um, things that I want to accomplish, do, be, have. And so I start off with tuning my brain, this electromagnetic biocomputer that's, you know, in my opinion, you know, a trillion dollar biocomputer that we all own. So I'm tuning it in to what I'm grateful for. I'm tuning it into what I want to have it focus on. And then I review every one of my uh, goals and my vision. So I review uh, my health goals, my spiritual goals, my emotional goals, my physical goals, my um, relationship goals, my financial goals, my charitable goals. I have taken the time to get absolutely clear on what is it that I want to trade my life for. And then every day uh, I invest about seven, eight minutes doing something that I call is cognitive priming, which just means I'm priming this computer of mine, my brain, um, to focus on the things that I want so that I create a map of reality in my subconscious mind. Uh, And so every single day I invest a little bit of time on that first thing in the morning when I haven't checked my emails, I haven't checked my texts, I haven't hopped on Clubhouse, I haven't done anything other than giving my brain these instructions. This entire process between my meditation and my cognitive priming uh, takes about 30 minutes. And it's part of what I call, based on my new best-selling book called Inner Size, um, is uh, I am inner-sizing my neuromuscles, just like I would my uh, physical muscles I would exercise. So there's a little tip for you, Jen. I love that so much. So perfect that you chimed in just as we were wrapping up this conversation. It couldn't be better. And I love, 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 love that. And if you guys have not gotten inner size, John's book, 
go get it. It's incredible. Um, we have it. I've read it, and it's it's very, very, very powerful. And a lot of the things that I do, I've learned from John and his teachings. So get up in there, follow John, get his book. Would anybody else like to share? We have a few minutes left before we close out Breakfast of Champions for the day. Any tips or tools that you use every single day to get yourself into peak state and create the day that you want? Hey, Jen, hey, Jen one little thing I want to add to what John said. Go ahead, Alpha. He did, he did not ask me to say this, but I have to tell you because it would be bad if I didn't. Right now, last night we did a room called Winning the Game of Procrastination. It was through the roof, right? And just today, like right now, John, he has a link in his bio where you can get that for $197 instead of the normal price. I had to say it because he would never say that, but I had to tell these people because they would miss out on something so powerful if I didn't. Back to you, Jim. Yeah, no, amazing. I'm glad that you did. Okay, what we got two minutes. Who else would like to share? Yeah, I just want to jump in. All right, let's have, uh, I think I just heard Dr. Connor, and then we'll go Solana, and then we will close it out. Yeah, I just want to echo what uh, Alpha said. That room last night, well, it was last night for me here in Ireland, was incredible, John. You were on fire. So I just want to thank you for that. And, uh, you know, when somebody's on fire like that and knows their stuff, you can have absolutely amazing rooms on Clubhouse. So it was a wonderful room, guys. I think June 7th is the next one. So thank you for that, John. Thank you, Alpha, and those that were there. Cool. All right. Solana, go ahead. Unmute. Thank you all. Um, I just want to jump on here and tell the queen in the red dress and all of you on today that you are a badass. I'm done. I'm just getting started, really. Let's go. Let's go. I love it. All right. So let's it's it's 59 so i just wanted to leave you guys with something and I, I usually always like to leave with a great takeaway because you know we can sit around and we can listen to things all day and, and that's amazing but really we've talked about this this is like the theme of the room is that nothing happens if nothing happens right if we don't move if we don't take action even if we aren't clear on what those action steps are just get moving and movement and action will create momentum and momentum will create more clarity so you just got to take those steps so you know you guys are all here breakfast of champions you did the work you put it in you sat here you listened hopefully you took notes you were inspired so many people shared incredible things now what i want you to do is take one of those things, one of those takeaways that you got from today and put it into action. Whether it's a tool that we taught in this hour, whether it's a quote that Barbara gave you or part of her story that inspired you to do something and you wrote something down, shit, I really gotta do that thing today. Whether it's whatever it is, maybe it's a person that you saw or heard from on this stage that you're like, oh man, I really should connect with that person, but I'm nervous. Whatever it is, take action on that hit from your gut it's right. And the more that we take action and the more that we move and the more that we do, the more that we create. And you don't have to believe 100%, you guys, this is the other thing. And I was talking to myself, I, I talk to myself often, I'm a, a true New Yorker, and I walk down the street and talk to myself, just so you know, those crazy people, like I'm one of them. And, and I was actually saying like, God, I, I, I don't necessarily fully feel it today. You know, sometimes we have those days where we don't fully feel it. And I get mad at myself sometimes when I have those days. I'm like, oh, no, you got to feel it. You got to get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. You don't need to feel it or believe it or do it 100%. We're human beings. We don't have 100% every single day. All that I ask is that you feel it, believe it, or do it 51% at least. A little bit more than you don't. That's it. 
because that little bit more than you don't, that little tiny bit, that 1% or that 2% or that 3% or that 4% or sometimes it's going to be 50 or 60 or 70, but whatever, it just needs to be one. That little bit of belief will get you to the first action step. That's all we need to get to. And that action step will get us to a win. And we talked about celebrating our wins today. And that win and celebrating that win will give you that dopamine, that serotonin, all of that goodness that comes to us when we accomplish the things that we want and we stick to the commitments that we make with ourselves. That will give us more confidence, will give us more momentum, which will give us more wins. And that's how it works. So my ask for you today is for you all to take at least one action from this morning. Connect with someone, do something, do something scary, right? Reach out to that person, call that person, sign up for that thing, invest in that thing, send someone a really nice message, reconnect with that person, whatever it is, go do it. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being here at Breakfast with Champions. Make sure you follow all the moderators, all the people with the green beams. Make sure you follow Mr. Glenn Lundy on the top left-hand corner. He is the person that created this and brought this to you. And please, 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 my friends, have a beautiful day and just start with love. And I'm Jen. Thank you so much for listening to my hour. Chris Winfield, do you want to sign off? Thank you all for being here. Absolutely amazing morning. Let's have the best day ever. You all are right. amazing. Yeah, thank you, Chris. You're so amazing. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.